Talk listeners, good morning! It's your magical girl Gigi Lulu here to tell you good luck with your day. But before you get going, I want to let you know a few things that will help you wake up and face that sunshine. The podcast you are about to hear contains strong language, adult content, and sexual situations, so listener discretion is advised. There may be spoilers for any anime, including all of Love Stage, so please be warned if there's one you've yet to finish. And the opinions expressed in the show are those of the individuals and do not represent dub talk as a whole. Now get dressed, brush your teeth, and remember, I love, love your face. Dub talk listeners, good morning. That's your magical What's happening, friends, fans, and fam, and welcome to another episode of Dub Talk, the podcast where we talk about the latest and greatest in English dubbed anime. My name is Gigi, and I will be your host tonight, and it's been a hot minute since I've done this, so you may need to give me a second to get acclimated, but I do have my trusty box wine with me, so I think I'll be okay. (laughs) Is it another ladies' night? Well, I'm joined by my co-host Megan and Steph, and yes, this... It's time for another OG ladies night. Yeah. Woo. Yay. You it's sound ladies so enthused. Night. Get your box wine out. <laughs> and uh, so crack that seal on the box or pop that cork if you're classy and get ready to talk about the dub for Love Stage, a boys love anime that aired in 2014 that just received an English dub from Sentai Filmworks last month. Chat with me, ladies. BL. 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 Also true. <laughs> Did I just squeak? <laughs> oh, God, that was good. <laughs> well, yes, I done did. that before when she gets texts from Andrew. Uh oh. Here we I go, mean- fam. <laughs> How many times can we rip on each other's relationships? (laughs) You can't touch me. These sheets are Gucci. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shut up, you. Okay, guys. Now, I may be a little biased because this is my favorite BL anime of all time. But when I found out that this was getting a dub, I had to host this episode. And in fact, Megan called me and told me to go watch a video where the director announced it. And I was crying. On the phone, in a place I where we I shouldn't have been crying, crying on the phone. <laughs> yes, we were all crying. Club, we were all crying, except for those assholes who were like, "Where's Two Love Rue?" He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "You get nothing. You, you get can nothing. Two love wait your yowie. fucking turn. <laughs> get Two Love wait now- your goddamn turn." <laughs> Now, if you know me, you know I champion LGBTQ plus anime getting dubbed and being released for English speaking audiences. And if you don't, hi, I'm that girl, the one who goes on Twitter and proclaims she's buying five copies of whatever's getting put on Blu-ray because I know people listen when you speak with your wallet. But if you don't know anything about Love Stage, here's a brief synopsis that I wrote for you that's probably very punny. Let's see if you can catch them all. Oh, God, here we go. 
Izumi's Sena isn't quite your normal otaku, although he has scale figures and wall scrolls of his favorite magical girl Lala Lulu all over his room. His father is an opera singer, his mother a famous actress, and his brother sings in a band. So he's an otaku in a showbiz family who just wants to be left alone to be a manga artist, safe and out of the spotlight. Ten years ago, his mother volunteered him to fill in for a girl in a commercial, and Izumi was so cute no one could resist him, especially his co-star Ryoma Ichijo, who fell in love with his co-star in a pink dress at first sight. Now the commercials cast is set to reunite, but Izumi wants nothing to do with the spotlight or putting on a dress again. But Ryoma, now a huge star, will not commit to the project unless he can see his beloved Izumi again. What will happen if Izumi agrees to step foot on a stage? And will Ryoma's love change if he finds out Izumi is different from the girl in his memories? The curtain is about to open on this untraditional boy's love story. Yeah. Who, who caught the- who caught the pun? I, I just didn't me. Catch the pun, I'm sorry. God damn it! I'm a failure. I did also. I also didn't catch the pun because these shades are Gucci and puns can't hurt me. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God! I well, also love uh, that this is just the BL version of Dumbo because there's some motherfucking pink elephants in this shit. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> no, 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 no. The aren't the pink elephants? That's Winnie the Pooh, right? No, the yes, pink elephants are Winnie the Pooh. Oh my no, god! No wait, but there's gotta... like there's a drunk scene in Dumbo where the co- the crows all get drunk, no, and Dumbo gets get drunk, drunk and ends up in a tree. There's something weird in the drunk Dumbo. Okay, but no, then whoa, in no, Winnie the Pooh, whoa, everybody no, no, gets no, no, high. No. Dumbo and the mouse and Timothy Mouse get drunk, and then they end up in the tree. And while they're drunk off their minds. They see a bunch of elephants doing weird shit, and it traumatized a lot of kids. <laughs> You're right. And what Steph is thinking of is heffalumps and woozles, where yes. there are also creepy, drug-induced elephants. Oh, God. I'm so tempted to look up that song now and just listen to it for no heffalumps reason. Heffalumps and woozles. Do-do-do. do Except for the only, there good, it is. the only good heffalump is purple, not pink, though. This is true. Oh my god. I play Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3. He's a character in that and he's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So this dub was known on Twitter as Project Pink Harvest with the elephant showing us showing us the way, fam. Showing us the way. Um, and it was recently released on High Dive. They put all the episodes up at once. Yep. Which traumatized me because the day it came out I stayed up way too late and watched all the episodes at once. Good job, fam. Don't worry, she had a good doctor. Dr. Camus, I had a bad case of loving you. God damn it. Oh, God. So, because really this came out of, well, we knew that it was coming, but we didn't have time to really, like, prepare. God damn it. (laughs) Make it. (laughs) Prepare for it to be coming. It kind of hit me right in the eye. God damn it. <laughs> I was like, neither did Izumi by the end of episode 10. Oh, God. Wah, wah, wah. So we didn't, we did not make any predictions for this, and this is going to be a full series review. So a strap in, kids. You're in for a ride. Megan's just Keep like da- cracking up in the back. <laughs> because right she, when she said strap in, I thought she said strap on. God damn it! <laughs> 
But this ain't that. <laughs> this ain't Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, shit. Are, are we ready? I are, hope are we ready, so, fam? Is everyone protected and safe? Can we please talk about I don't know. Zumi didn't go over to his house with any condoms. No, 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 no. Can we please talk about the madman behind this, please? Yes, Can let's we? talk about. Yes, let's talk about our friend, the fun police, the Dilf Whisperer. The director of the show. The man, the myth, the legend. Captain Hardpants and our rainbow overlord, the director, and the person who made Love Stage's dub happen, Mr. David Wald. Yay. Gigi, you sound so depressed about this. <laughs> I'm not depressed. I'm just crying in the club with the glitter raining down on me. You know, the first time I went to a gay club, I was really upset because, like, queer as folk had taught me wrong. And there was no glitter falling from the ceiling or, like, confetti everywhere. Everybody kept their shirts on. I was like, what? Note to self for Anime Fest. Get a lot of glitter. <laughs> Just throw it on me. No, no, no. Just- Do you know the saying? Glitter is the herpes of arts and crafts. It's fucking true. And I worked in an arts and crafts store, ladies and gentlemen. It gets everywhere. <laughs> Just like cum. <laughs> I fucking quit. Can we stop? <laughs> No. So, David Wald was the director of this show, and he was also the writer, along with Marissa Lenti. If you haven't been able to see any projects that David Wald has worked on, he has also directed Todd and Never Falls in Love, which we did a dub talk on. He toured Jimmy and My Hero, which we will do a dub talk on, and Bloom into You, which they did a dub talk on. I know Christian. I did, did a dub talk on. Which Megan did a dub talk. He also has written my favorite thing of all time called Diabolic Lovers More Blood. Which you did a dub talk on. Which we did a dub talk on. <laughs> Hitorichi made my hero. Which we will do a dub talk on. It's still coming. <laughs> wah, wah, just wah. like just like Ryoma. Stop it! <laughs> no! And School Live, which we did a Halloween episode on, so go figure. And Marissa Lenti has written for Bloom Into You, Tata Never Falls in Love. I'm seeing a pattern here. And rewrited is that how you pronounce that yes. show's name? Yeah, that Re- one. Um, for those found dead in Miami. <laughs> for those wondering if there's an episode for that one, um, that one is currently found dead in Miami, as Megan just lovingly said. <laughs> so it's dim. It's dead. No, dim. dim. Dead in Miami. Yes, dead in dim. Miami. Dim. dim. All right, guys. So this is the passion project. Let's not break anybody too badly. What do we think of the directing and the writing for Love Stage? I mean, it has been like probably five years since I've watched the sub of the show. Um, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, due to other circumstances and other uh, situations in my life, I don't have a lot of positive memories of this show and I tried to avoid it for a long time. Uh, However, with the English dub, I hope to make better memories of this show. Uh, with people that I care about more, and I can say that... I mean, we, we're not making great, better memories already with this? I mean... <laughs> We've already made so many dick jokes. <laughs> I mean... I mean, we're all we're all fake drunk. We're not gonna remember this in the morning. It, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so... 
That being said, you can tell, you can feel every single ounce of David Wald's love being poured into this. <laughs> Stop laughing. Um, phrasing, Lana. Um, <laughs> phrasing, Lana. Phrasing. Um, you can you can feel every ounce of his passion and his love uh, his love for this series uh, come in. This series is still really funny in English. But I feel like it played up a lot more of Love Stage's, I want to say, potentially better qualities. Uh, Because a lot of people, I feel like, are going to write off this show because, Ew! Two boys kissing! Let me go watch an anime where two girls almost kiss. Um, Not saying if you're you're into that, it's bad. It's just a a weird double standard that I I see with a lot of uh, otaku who are like, Ew, boys love. Gross. Nasty. And it is the other way, too. There are a lot of female otaku, or people who identify female otaku, who are like, Ew, Yuri, gross. Let me go watch two guys kiss. Like, please stop doing that if you're if you're that person. Please stop. You're helping nobody. Um, but what I say by play up the, the better aspects of this is that this is a love story that hinges on a, a misconception of, of someone's sex and gender. And that's already really tricky to work around, but then with the with the message, at least for Ryoma's character, and then eventually Izumi's character is, it doesn't matter that this person is the same gender as me, I love them anyway, they make me feel things, and I want to be with that person intimate, physically intimately as well as emotionally intimately. And David Wald really gets that across, and so does Marissa Lenti as his uh, secondary writer. I gave Marissa Lenti an award last year for her writing on Bloom Into You, which... I'm gonna be kind of upfront now. It's my favorite of these three dubs. I still, I also be happen to like that show a little bit more. Um, I think that these both as directors and writers uh, do a really good job conveying that this aspect of the show. Um, I think that they handled a lot of tricky subject matter, not only in regards to love, but uh, things like sexual assault and um, right. passion. And what you want to do with your life. And I think they brought together a really good ensemble cast. There is one bad voice in this whole dub. One. Um, I think that they went with... For Sentai, I don't want to say it's a pool of actors that you don't know. Because the four biggest characters in the show are all played by actors who have had leads in other dubs. Or are part of uh, large property ensembles where they do play bigger characters. Um, So, but I I think I've been talking for too long and too seriously. I think it's a really fantastic job. Though the one complaint I actually do have is this. Um, This show does, while this show does deviate from its Japanese source material, it doesn't do it in a way that normally um, is very, like... It'll piss off sub-purists because you're a sub-purist and you're always going to be- A lot of you are always going to be pissed off. Uh, but one of the things is that they keep comparing Ryoma to uh, attractive actors. Uh, I think, what was it? He looks like something- uh, He acts like something and looks like Clooney, I think, is one of the lines. Yep, that was and then, yep. on. And then there's another one where um, the, the maid for the Senate house compares him to uh, Brock Hudson. Rock Hudson. And and my thing is this, like there it's funny in the moment, but for me, it also pulls me back to like, wait, these people are Japanese. And while I understand, yes, 
they're probably going to know who these people are. Like, obviously everybody in the world knows who the fuck George Clooney is. I just don't know how much it really works when they're Japanese and why they wouldn't just compare him to famous Japanese actors. Because I think that would, like, famous Japanese actors, like, I don't know why they wouldn't do that, but it's not, it's like a nitpick to me rather than, it's like a bug rather than a feature, if you, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, also, at one point, I heard the phrase Twinker Bell. <laughs> and that is hilarious. That's not, I'm not complaining, that was fucking hilarious. Uh, Especially the person who says, who says it. it. <laughs> Which we're not really going to talk about, but, but it's Chris <laughs> In the strangest bit, in the biggest surprise <laughs> casting for the show, Christopher Savitt, ladies and gentlemen, in a Sentai dub of all things. Yeah. Um, like how? Yeah. Like I said, the, the, some of the more comedy bits, I think, are, are fine, and I, I think that they work well as an adaptive change. I just, like, it's just like an, an internal nitpick of, why are you picking American actors that are Japanese? <laughs> like... I get where you're coming from, and I understand it, but if you were to name me one Japanese actor, I wouldn't have gotten the joke. Yeah, and it's done as a localization change, but it also, just for me, is just like, yeah. I don't, I, I, it's like, <laughs> I get is the- also, Megan's also say you trash. It's not even that I'm say you trash, it's that I have a freaking humanities degree and my focus is on international film. I just thought it was a cultural <laughs> thing. I'm just like, oh, this is a joke for Americans. It is. it is. It is. I mean, a lot of these were. A lot of these are jokes, jokes for American, Americans. but like that was the one that like I, I actively kind of like sat for a second. I'm like, I don't. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> like it took me a bit. Like the George Clooney one, I got the Brock Hudson one took me a bit. <laughs> well, Rock Hudson was Rock. an actor, like an old time actor who was closetedly gay, which is why I thought that was especially poignant and hysterical yeah like but I, if you don't know who rock hudson is which i guarantee you 90 percent of the people watching this dub don't know who rock hudson is then it kind of flies over your head there were a lot of lines because i watched the subtitled version um directly before i watched the dubbed version well i watched the dub and then i watched the sub and then i watched the dub and then i watched the dub again just to make sure that i got everything um, she watched this like the, almost four times almost four times just yeah for this. in a week um, so, like, I thought there were a lot of good differences between the Japanese subtitled version and the dub version. Like, the actors thing was one. Um, one of them was when um, Izumi was drawing manga and Ray said, that thing looks like it's drawn by a drunk in the dark with his left hand. Like, I was friggin' dying at that. Oh, yeah, that was hysterical. There's, that was hysterical. There's other jokes that are, like... Um, talking about Shogo and they say like Elvis or Napoleon which is hysterical um and then but Shogo kind of had some of the best lines in the show because Shogo broke the fourth wall on occasion yep. he also said that thing to Ryoma where they're doing the game show and they're like that's funny Ryoma I always pictured you as a straight man oh yep I so, love like, that one. Oh yeah I thought that I was in the original that. Japanese and I was like oh my god that's such a good burn that's the no, it, it definitely wasn't. It was really good. Um, like, And then he says, I'll think about it during the opening credits. Yep. And then the credits roll. Yep. And I was like, that was funny. Um, they kept things from the Japanese. Like Shogo says wish all the time. But they made it here. Like he said wish once. And then there was like a literal pause and crickets chirping. And then everybody was like, 
yay show goes here and i was like yeah so they kept it like twice and i was like okay thank god they stopped with that thing like at the end um other lines in there the twinker bell line was really funny um they kept that ryoma called shogo brother-in-law which i thought was really funny um and then in one of them they were like um izumi wakes up from like a dream and he goes oh god where am i and then josh Greeley's character goes failing college oh yeah like they had some really funny lines in here um I thought they updated the dialogue from 2014 to make it more current, like technology wise. Like there were some lines about Twitter and stuff in there, Um, but it still had classic references that you kind of had to like look up to understand. Like at one point, Ray mentioned Lord Fauntleroy, who I knew in the back of my head, but I still had to Google it to get the reference. Um, Even the background Walla was funny. I thought that was really nice because I was like trying to pay attention to the background voices to get what they were saying. Um, They kept a lot of the original dialogue intact from the Japanese version, like the stuff about um, I'm trapped in a BL, like I'm an, am I an uke and whatever. They kept that. That was all in the Japanese. Um, The one thing that I am not sure how I feel about that was a dialogue change from the Japanese is the very last line. So oh, yeah. if you're... We were just talking about this before if, we started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're watching the show in Japanese, at the end, before the credits roll, um, Ryoma and Izumi are on the bed, and Izumi tells Ryoma that he loves him, and Ryoma says, I love you back. And then in the Japanese, Izumi says, I love you again. And that's where they end. Well, in the English version, Ryoma says, I love you, and Izumi says, prove it. Which I can't, I really am still on the fence about whether I like that as an ending button or not. Like, that was like the one writing wise choice thing I was kind of on the fence with. Like, is he that secure in his relationship that now he's gonna come at Ryoma a little bit? Like, even in jest or. Is he? Is it just gonna end on like or, that? Sweet or was moment? he saying like, "I love you, prove it," as in "fuck me again"? Yeah. Because they totally bang in the last episode. Yeah, they totally they bang in the last episode, guys. Like, I I don't know if or if Izumi wants to go again. I think he's a little Izumi, you know, traumatized. Izumi, I think uh, I think Ryoma kind of jackhammered it in. Because all right, let's be let me be one hundred percent clear here, kids. Don't do what Izumi did and buy doujin and BL manga as a form of education. <laughs> Please don't use AO3 fix as how to gay how to gay sex. Because no. let me tell you this. People use things that should not be used as lubricant as lubricant. <laughs> I literally, my roommate Sam in college at one point, one time, read a, read a Tumblr post where somebody was complaining about this. And it's like, on the bottle it says, for external use only for a reason. However, that conversation also ended with me asking, why would anybody shove a bottle of aloe vera up someone's butt? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> god damn it. This is a 100% oh, true story. I'm not oh, lying. God. Oh, shit. <laughs> and oh, look, God. I'm just saying I this. Sh- I saw not a single condom nor any lube in that room. I am pretty sure they did it raw and that probably hurt. Oh, God. Oh, that hurts me just thinking me about it. 
Oh. Man, don't don't oh. shove the elephant down that cat <laughs> down that gorge. <laughs> Stampede you need to in pave the gorge the way first. Simba's down there. <laughs> it's the circle of life, and it moves. Us Get all. the fuck off my balcony. Get the, <laughs> the fuck off my balcony! <laughs> oh god. So, like, that being said. That being said, I please did... practice safe sex. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. There's your PSA thank you, for the thank day. You, thank you, Megan slash Ray, for your, your sex talk of the day. <laughs> thank you for coming um, to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> I did really like the writing. It's just that one line at the end that I'm on the fence about because it ended so sweetly. And then in the English version, it kind of ended with a little, a little snark, which I kind of like. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, I had forgotten that it was completely different. So, I don't know. That's just a purist me. I watch this anime too many times thing. As for the directing, I've been to David Wald panels at conventions. And I've watched the videos that he's done for Sentai concerning this. This dub was a labor of love. He, um, he basically campaigned to be able to dub this went to a bunch of people and finally sentai said yes please here you can do what you want with it he wrote most of it it took him a very long time um this is a labor of love the directing i have i think it's solid all around casting was very good um especially the cameos that only come in for three or four lines but they're listed as like main characters so i'm like who was oh okay i got it now um, and while very funny and still kept the original humorous tone of the series, I still felt that it was very self-aware, like breaking the fourth wall, like calling Ryoma a straight man, like realizing that this whole story is about people coming out. And that's got a very different tonal change than just being funny all the time. You could tell that this was for his rainbow tribe, as he calls them. And it was made with love. And I could tell it. And it was wonderful. I have two questionable choices about accents, which one we'll get to shortly. The other one is that the three makeup girls sounded like they were all in Narima Daikon Brothers. <laughs> we're totally cosplaying which, them, by the way. We are totally yes. cosplaying them at Anime Fest. See you in Dallas. Um, but uh, as I said, as long as we get to have that horrible southern accent, we're doing it. So... Yeah, that the directing was, I could tell. Like, you you know, you can tell a project when somebody doesn't care and you can tell a project when somebody cares. And this was one where they care. So I was very happy. Except for the one accent choice, but we'll get there. Stephanie. Oh, boy. Um, so I also haven't seen this show since it came out. And here, here's here's my thing. So... Before I watched Love Stage, I had absolutely no experience with either the BL or the um, Yuri genres at all. Like I had, I had never seen any series, read anything, um, had refused to for the longest time, and Love Stage, Love Stage was actually the first boys love series I'd ever watched, um, and it was probably for the best because. It, it kind of turned my opinion and mindset around in general of these kinds of shows. So, coming back and revisiting it for the first time in... God, it's 2019. Five years ago now? 
2014 when you said it came it came up originally, right? Yes. Yep, it's it's five years old because this was one of the first anime I ever talked about on my YouTube channel, and my YouTube channel will be five years old in August. Yep. Yay! It's five years old, and so revisit, revisiting the show, I remember it's such a adorable and endearing series. It's It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's serious in all the right places, if that makes sense. Yep. Like, because the mis- I think one of the misconceptions with, like, Boys Love and probably with Yuri anime in general as well is it's over-sexualized, it's taken very seriously, and then a lot of other things kind of send it down in a downward spiral. Um, with Love Stage in particular, though, because it has those comedic elements and it has a really nice story and these characters that actually are capable are capable and able to develop and grow throughout the course of the series, it actually is one of the few BL series I think is just a lot of fun. Uh, in terms of the directing and the writing, like like Gigi and Megan were saying, you can tell this is a labor of love, like straight up because originally when this series was released by sentai there was no dub they released it sub only <laughs> so Woo. so the fact that david wald put the time and effort in to like campaign for this dub to put this much work and effort in for it, it definitely shows for sure um on the directing and the writing end and with marissa lenti as a co-writer on this too the two of them have been a fantastic duo in general. Like, when it comes to Tata, when it comes to um, uh, Bloom Into You, because I finally watched that. Uh, were they co-writers on Hitoriji Mei My Hero? I can't remember. Uh... It wasn't on her... Uh, it doesn't say. ANN page. It doesn't say, but it was mostly mostly David. But, um, I mean, at this point, I've seen enough series where the two of them are basically the staffing duo on the on their shows and it's been a very solid team and very solid very strong i would say for our directing and writing team and it's the it's no exception here as well and um honestly it's both of them have i think a really good understanding of what this kind what the show is what kind of show it is and, like I was saying, they know when it needs to be serious in all the right places. And there are things and subject matters very, very complex and almost... Some of it can be actually rather dark. Subject matters, like sexual assault, for example, here, that are actually handled very, very well. And I really like how they were handled. Um, I think the one thing for me that I might have an issue with... Uh, similar to what Gigi was saying, and it's very odd for me to say this of all people, because I never usually have this problem. Some of the dialects. Uh, we are going to talk about one in just a second, but even with the trio of, like, makeup girls, or, or like, assistants, wardrobe assistants, all that stuff, it was very jarring. Like, I understand the the choice behind that and the direction for it um just to kind of break up a bit of the monotony in a sense and just give it a little bit more diversity and um in the voices because for the makeup girls in general i'm pretty sure that at the very least one of them that i'm fully aware of 
they play multiple characters in the show. So yeah, I, they all yep. do. So just to kind of break up that monotony and just give it a little bit of like, oh, this person is this and this and this. It's I understand the reasoning for it, but um, it it also just didn't come off as strong as it could have been, in my opinion. But um, yeah. In in general, though, the, the other big thing I gotta give credit to is the casting on the show, because. <laughs> The f- like it's it's a really solid mix. Like David Wall, I think pulled no punches, and he also brought in people you wouldn't fucking expect once again, i.e. Yep. Christopher fucking Sabbath for a two minute like a five second bit character. Wow. Um, and he also played an animal mascot. You're right. You're right. I forgot. But yeah, it's it. I think. In terms of Sentai shows, like, David Wall is becoming the director that has the most diverse casting over at the Sentai side, for sure. Like, pulling on in the occasional people like Tia and Ian and Sabin in this situation. But, um, it's very, very interesting. But yeah, in general, directing and writing, aside from my minor gripes with the dialects that are used, um... For sure, I really love the directing and writing of this show. And you can very much tell that this is a labor of love. And a very well-deserved labor of love for the community, for sure. Yay! Alright, let's get rid of the pink elephant in the room. Guys, we're going to talk about Ryuzaki, the B-Dash manager. Uh, Speaking of We're also... Yes, we're also going to talk about Takahiro, who is uh, Izumi's best friend from college. So, Ryuzaki, the B-Dash manager. I would like to point out in Japanese is voiced by the same seiyuu who voices Reiji from Udino Prince-sama. No way. Way. Oh, God. <laughs> and um, he has a slight accent, but it's like a deeper Reiji accent. Really? So, if you've seen if you've seen Udipur, you know what I'm talking about. So, I can understand an accent choice here. Um, but Ryuzaki, the B-Dash manager, is played in English by James Belcher, who was the narrator in Food Wars, Dr. Harada in Chihaya Furu, and Jared Gan in Log Horizon Season 2. Basically, if you look at his behind the voice actor page, it's a lot of old guys. And Takahiro, Izumi's best friend, is played by Sexy Josh Greeley. Somebody cue the Justin Timberlake song. God damn Sexy Josh Greeley plays Subaru in Diabolic Lovers, Tata in Tata Never Falls in Love, and Yuri Kotsky and Yuri on Bisexual King. <laughs> <laughs> um, so fuck guys, you. let's he's talk about... Fuck, fuck haters, he's bi. <laughs> let's talk about Ryuzaki, For the Love of God. What the hell is his accent? Can I... Is it Australian or is it British? Oh what is it? Oh my god! Uh, I, I guess I'll go first again because we have an order going. Uh, yeah, no. He is... It is... I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's bad. It is a bad performance. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, it's... It's just... It's... Okay, well, I, I, like, I don't even get foreigner out of him. Nope. I don't. I just get a guy who's bleached his hair. Like, that's a thing in anime. No, that's a thing in anime that people do as, like... I, I, it, it's it's okay. Like, let me, I guess, bring it up. Because uh, I don't know how many people here, like, 
have watched it because it's a sub only show. Um, it's an this is a this is a plot point at one point in the anime uh, Kuroko no Basket is that the the captain of Seirin's team for a while when he first starts high school he had bleached his hair and was acting like a delinquent who didn't want to be into basketball and I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now I can remember the other one's name because his name is Te- uh, Kiyoshi Tepe and there's a long story of why I can always remember the name Kiyoshi uh, but Kiyoshi's like dude why'd you dye your hair so. And then there, there are people, if you've watched some Rose Mononokin, like Abano, where it's clearly the guy's natural hair color, because fuck you, it's anime. Um, in the in the words <laughs> of the old uh, Jesu Otaku Kao Kalgren review of Adolescence of Utena, why is this bitch hair, why is this bitch hair pink? <laughs> I'm showing Andrew and you guys that, because I know you haven't seen it, and it's fucking hysterical. I've um, seen it. I know you've seen it, they haven't, because they need to see the ending of that video, but um... But no, it's like, I never got that he's a foreigner out of it. So I don't see the need for him to have an accent. Like, if you're trying to do it because, like, I guess he has, like, a Kansai dialect or an uh, an Okinawan dialect or something, then I don't know why you wouldn't do like you did with Osaka and uh, Azumanga Dayu and give him a southern accent, which I feel like would have at least been a little bit more appropriate. Because it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything but, honestly, be obnoxious. And because the accent itself is so inconsistent, because, guess what? Australia might be founded by crazy British ex-convicts. They have a completely different accent than British people. I know! I've been to a wedding full of drunk Australians! But they have different accents, and... The only reason I got that he was Australian is because I know Australian slang. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I thought it was Australian too, but it didn't sound Australian. It, doesn't, it sounded British. It, yeah, there is there is no there is no context for it. There is like honestly no reason for this accent. And it's really bad because it's like the biggest blemish on the dub. On a dub with a lot of really stellar performances. Like, Josh... Okay, I wouldn't call Josh Gurley's performance stellar, but it's really good. Especially because he's... It's it's a bit like Tata, but if Tata was more dead inside. Yes! That's exactly what I wrote down. Like, literally to the letter. Tata, but more dead inside? (laughs) Yeah! Because, like... You, you, like, I, here's the thing. I've never read the Love Stage manga, and it's not, I don't think it's out of, I don't think it's it or its sister series are legally available in the United States, so I have- It is. I, I have it. Love Stage is done. Oh, the manga's complete. Yeah. Oh. It's over. Okay. So, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that the ending of that anime set up, it's kind of set up that this guy was, like, going to be a rifle for Yoma. I thought so, too. No, not the I best forgot. friend. I forgot it wasn't. Okay. It's it's somebody somebody else is going to come in and is then the... there's an amnesia plot line and then I get pissed because there's an amnesia Wait, plot line. Wait, question. Is it the guy with the snakeskin jacket that you see for like a split second? I think so. Like at the very end. Uh, like he's going to, he comes in and does something and I can't remember like what, but then there's an amnesia plot line. Anyway, I think it's uh, the Senna's uh, camera ad he sees. But no, I think Josh does a really good job of doing the laid back part. And I think the part in episode 10 was where he gets like all of his lines basically was yeah. really heartfelt. And I think Josh did a really good job of just being that laid back uh, kind of voice of reason to Senna 
so good job, Josh. But uh, who? I, I feel bad. Who's the gentleman who did the Australian accent? Uh, James Blesher. James Belcher. James Belcher. Yeah, dude, you're. I I haven't seen any of the other things that you're in, but I'm assuming that you can do good acting. Just the accent choice in this was just not good. Yeah, I just, I just want to know what it is. <laughs> I want to know what it was supposed to be because, like I said, I heard it and heard British, and then I listened to the words and thought Australian, and then there started like some British slang in there also. So maybe it was like. If I'm giving everybody the benefit of the doubt here, it was a choice to have him be a poser and not know which accent he was supposed to have. If I'm giving everybody the benefit of the doubt, saying that this blonde haired Ryuzaki dude is a complete poser and doesn't and is faking the accent. It's still it's still just it, it still feels like a really jarring choice. Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, like, I feel really bad saying that, but I, I do that too. Was the but one... that's the, that's the point of critiquing something is sometimes you have to say I know. things. It was that was like the one thing, and I was like, "What is this?" Like, I just didn't understand it. And then, like, I remembered that it was somebody distinctive in the Japanese too, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's Reiji." So now in my head, all I can think of is if they ever dub Udapri. And give Reiji an Australian accent. I'm going to quit life. I swear to God, if that happens, I'm going to die. Can you imagine him with his maracas and an Australian no, accent? No, don't Please do it. don't. No, don't. You, you get that evil out of don't here. crush my hopes and dreams. <laughs> no, I will never. I will never. Um, yeah, I just, oh, God. I don't, this was not my thing. You know me in accents, though. It, if it's not great, I'm going to call it um and as for takahiro good sexy josh playing the boyfriend brother like tada only more dead inside (laughs) and uh i could feel but i could feel the compassion for his friendship with izumi when he was speaking because like he's his best friend from college you know he knows that Ryoma cares about him a lot and he wants to talking about sexy josh sexy josh is a good boy takahiro is a good boy like, I I, li- I liked this and I wanted to talk quickly about Josh Greeley because I thought that he was like kind of a standout through all the other kind of cameos that we got. It helped that he got more than four yes. lines, but um, I really liked him and he is like becoming kind of like the go to kind of calm, actual Josh Greeley voice as opposed to like his Yuri voice or his Subaru voice Angry or Josh, his... Mean? angry josh his princess jellyfish voice like and i'm kind of digging that sexy josh is getting to use more of his real voice for characters more often so that's what i got uh i'm gonna talk about josh Gurley first um yeah i basically agree with everything the both of you have said it's very interesting because obviously for the longest time we're just we've been so used to either crazy bombastic Josh or like really gruff angry Josh and this is the middle ground where it's the most natural for him and it's really really I I really like the performance a lot Takahiro is kind of this he's like this center for Izumi when it comes to the whole manga world and all this kind of stuff and 
it's a really good balance with Izumi as well. And versus the two, <laughs> the two other manga research club members, uh, who were very, very goofy, uh, by the way. But it's, I really like the performance. Who were the other two is one my question. One was Andrew Love. I know that. Andrew Love. Okay, who was the, I, I thought one of the other ones was Alejandro, I think. It's not, he's not in it. I want to say it could have been Blake Shepard. I think, it, no, I think it was, one of them was, the other one was Blake Shepard because it kind of sounded like Shishio from uh, Token Rambu for a bit. I know one for sure was Andrew Love, but then the two, I think that this goes hand in hand, the two hosts from the comedy show, one was Andrew Love and the other one for sure was Blake Shepard. Oh, that might ah. be So I think that was a thing. I think. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I know you will. All right. Um, but... Oh, I hate I hate to do this. Uh, we ha We have to go back to James Belcher again. We, we do. Like, I know nothing about this this individual. I have not really seen anything he's done. I don't remember him as the narrator of Food Wars. I really don't. Um, like I was saying before, I understand full well the intention of the dialect choices. I understand completely. I just don't think it worked here. At all. Like, if it was... I feel like if it was played a bit more straight, vocal-wise, like, I bet James Belger would have turned in a great performance with that. But the problem with- Yeah, here's the thing, like, if he had no accent, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if I exactly. I think the problem is, it's hard, I can't really call it a good performance, because the accent and the dialect just really, really get in the way of it. Like, I bet he's a phenomenal actor. I think, I bet he is. But that, but the accent just, just does more harm than good, I think, is the problem. So it's, I can't really judge it as a good performance because it gets in the way so much. It's kind of heavy-handed, and unfortunately, like, for the performance, it kind of suffers a lot. I, d I do enjoy the goofy nature that this guy has, though. He, he, he does have a lot of fun energy to him, and I, I do appreciate that a lot. And he's also, like, he's very, very sneaky. Trying to steal Ray away. Yeah. Oh, boy. Ugh. Trying to steal him. It's great. And, um, but outside of that, it's, the, the accent work did more harm than good for this performance. And, unfortunately, it, it makes, it does make it the weakest performance of the entire show, and I hate saying that. Um... Because accents and dialects, they are very difficult. They are very, very difficult. And um, while we praise the accent work quite a bit with Todd Never Falls in Love, it kind of fell short on this one. So it's not easy. Um, not no. at all. But um, a, a for effort. And I'm sure, Mr. Belcher, if you ever listen to this, you are probably a phenomenal actor. It's just it didn't work here for me. And I, pr I praise you for doing any kind of Australian yes. accent because I can't do it at all. I can't do Australian either because I go straight British. So Me too. so do I. <laughs> That's why we're like, eh? But uh, all right, fam, let's move on. I was going to lump two and two together, but I really want to talk about two of these characters at the same time. So for our next group, we're going to talk about Kasumi Shino, who is Ryoma's manager slash personal assistant. 
Also, Gaga Ruru, who is the bad version of Magical Girl Lala Lulu. We're going to talk about Lala Lulu, who is Izumi's Magical Girl crush, Magical Girl... His baby's uh, first waifu. Yeah, his his, his waifu. Um, we're also going to talk about Izumi's mom and dad, Nagisa, his mom, and Seiya, his dad. Because I want to talk about... A casting choice that I thought was really phenomenal. Yeah, there's so there's, there's Lala Lu- double casting on this one. Da, 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 da. Kasumi and Gagaruru are played by Brittany Karbowski. Um, if you have not heard her, she is one of my voice actress waifus. I love her very much. Um, she plays Yamada in B Gotta HK, one of my favorite things ever. She plays Nanachi in Made in Abyss. <laughs> and the f- <laughs> And the first thing I ever heard her in, she plays Ayu Ugu in Canon 2006. Um, so Lala Lulu and Izumi's mom are played by the same actress, and that's Monica Rial. And I'm going to talk about why this was genius in a moment. Um, but Monica has played a million and one characters. Some of them include Misaki Ayuzawa from Maid Sama, Suyu in My Hero Academia, and Stocking from Panty and Stocking. <laughs> Idiot made an abyss. <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> She's having flashbacks, boys and girls. Hard Dive keeps calling me out with that. <laughs> <laughs> they keep posting like the end of Made in Abyss got us like with Nodachi, like, cause Steph, you haven't seen it yet, right? I haven't seen all of it, no. I know Gigi has. They keep posting the gif where Nanachi's in the grass crying and you know what's happened like right before that scene. And it's like, oh, Christ. Fuck it. Like the only thing I can say is like, it's like putting your dog down. Oh, God. You not wrong. <laughs> I'm not. When Steph gets that, she's going to punch me. Oh, oh God. Push me in the best soon. <sighs> that part will hurt you. Oh, God. I, I was okay with it. Oh, no, again. I watched that part at, like, 2 in the morning. Oh, that's where you got oh, sick, yeah. right? No, I wasn't sick. I was crazy. No, no, no. Was there something <laughs> where you wanted to physically vomit or something? Oh, that was episode 10. I wouldn't know what that is, but don't tell me either. Uh, okay. Let's just say it involves an actress that we all really like. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Okay. And uh, Seiya Sana, Izumi's dad, is played by Yay! John Swayze, who plays... The Undertaker in the Black Butler franchise, all for one in My Hero Academia, and Zoroku from Alice and Zoroku. Okay, I'm just going to start with this because I'm going to get these other two out of the way and then go back and do the others. Um, So Brittany Karbowski, I wanted to talk about her role as Ryoma's personal assistant is a normal Brittany Karbowski role, which means her character is kind of freaked out all the time and kind of flighty, which is Brittany Karbowski in... 80% of the roles that she is handed. Um, But Gaga Ruru is dark Britney. Yes, my queen. (laughs) My queen, please. Oh, my God. I loved this so much because she plays against type here. And she plays a very good villain. And I really kind of want her to play more roles like that because she was really good at it. Ugh, Dark Brittany, you have my soul. Please take it. Please take it. Also, future cosplay goal is Dark Izumi with oh the face God. thing. Oh my God, Dark Izumi. Oh. 
I with the face tat, Darky Zumi, with that and the vampire teeth. Yes, Darky Zumi. Yes, um, Dark Zumi is John, when I'm depressed. <laughs> I know, Dark Dark Zumi is me. I've given up. I've given up. I've given up on hope. Hope has caused me nothing but pain. <laughs> and then it comes. No, let me go listen to. Let me go. Yeah, Dark Zumi goes and listens to like the Cure and the Used in his room. A lot of nine inch nails. Dark Zumi knows Zumi itself. knows every word to the Black Parade. <laughs> when I was <laughs> a young boy, Gagaruru took me into the city, the city to destroy Lola Ru. Marching band. Oh God. <laughs> she said, Dark Zumi should have said. Should have shared. I want to fuck you like an animal oh with God. regular Izumi, so he would know what was oh coming. <laughs> I'm oh pretty God. sure somebody has probably written some dark Izumi ex Izumi doujin. Oh my God! Oh, can I? Mandarake search time. Where are you? Um, <laughs> as for um Seiya, I thought he was a good grounded dad who loves his family and his wife, and he played it a lot smarter than I think people would give the character credit for. Um, and you can tell that in his voice, he implicitly trusts his son and he wants what's best for him. And he is banging his wife a lot. Oh, they so fucking. I really like oh, this dad. Fucking. Oh, they fucking. <laughs> like, you can tell they're still going at it. He's like, damn, I was like, relationship goals. That's what now I hope to have ain't in, got like, no cobwebs in her cellar. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I love it. So I really like that. Here's what I like the most is that Lala Lulu and Izumi's mom were played by the same actress. First of all, Monica Rial used her big girl voice for Nagisa, which made me very happy because I love it when Monica Rial uses her big girl voice. That's my favorite thing. Um, but there's a lot of like symbolism between Lala Lulu and Izumi's mom to Izumi like Lala Lulu is cute sweet pure and like to the letter magical girl voice wise and Izumi needed her to idolize and like some kids idolize their mom but on the other hand like the mom was like a sharp contrast you know I mean she's a milf and you can even tell in the voice she's a milf she trusts obviously the dad thinks that I know. Um, but Lala seems like the more responsible one. And when Izumi says goodbye to his innocence and he says goodbye to his fantasy dream world, like I almost felt like he was saying goodbye not only to Lala Lulu, but to his mom and to like his childhood because he has to say goodbye to his magical girl to start his new life when he realizes who he is. He kind of has to say goodbye to his mom, even though they're going to be, you know, still living in the same house, still seeing each other and everything. But his mom kind of knows. Like, you can tell through the voice that the mom kind of knows about Izumi. And she wants, she always wants oh, what's yeah, best for him. Oh, yeah, that last little bit he, where she's talking to um the dad and her yep, concerns. Yep. Yep. So Izumi has to say goodbye to his innocence and his fantasy world and his dreams because he has new ones. And then those are his reality now. Um, and I think casting... Monica as both Lala and the mom. Um, it helps both characters willing to let their son go to find himself. I thought that was really poignant casting and I really liked the choice there. I don't know if that was a happy accident 
or what. I don't know. But I thought it was a really poignant choice. And like one of the reasons I liked Love Stage, first of all, Lala Lulu is best girl. That alarm clock is boss. I love <laughs> that alarm goddamn clock. alarm clock. Best alarm clock, best girl. Um, I really loved Lala Lulu. And I loved the symbolism between Lala Lulu and Izumi. And Izumi like coming out of the closet and finding himself and reinventing himself. And just finding out who he was. And that he could be able to say goodbye to some of the rejection and say goodbye to parts of his old life in order to be new Izumi. Like it said in one point in the subtitles, it says from Izumi spelled like all correctly to Izumi in all caps, like Shogo, like, you know, his old self to his new self in the entertainment world. I thought it was very poignant casting. I really liked it. And it still makes me cry every time <laughs> Izumi says goodbye to Lala Lulu. More than it makes anything else makes me cry because it's just very like it's even though like I'm not coming out of the closet or anything. I am not part of the Rainbow Tribe. I still resonate very highly with this anime because of things that were happening in my life the first time that I watched it. So I think that was brilliant casting. I'm done. I'm going to go take a cry now. <laughs> nega. Nega Lala Lulu. Gaga Ruru. <laughs> nega Lala Lulu. <laughs> Who is just original character do not steal nice <laughs> um by the way i got up at the exact right time because my cat came out of the closet she's just like hey mom <laughs> and i'm just like that's great i just like picked her i just picked her up i said how did you i was like do you have fun in my closet because she has like a little corner that she goes in we're like because my room looks like uh ichika from the quintessential quintuplets um but uh no my room is like a mix of the floor. It's each cuff from the quintessential quintuplets, but up top it's like Izumi. I have just have like a bunch of anime prints. Um, <laughs> I still sleep with the, I still sleep over my bed with pinup art of Nick and Wilrick from Gangsta. Oh my god! So, excuse me. It's not wrong. I sleep with a Victor Nikiforov body pillow. Sometimes two. I have a Kaneki one that sits in my closet and stares out at you like a creep. <laughs> I have a cat. Oh yeah, you have Nyanko big, Nyanko and sometimes big. we let Andrew come. God damn it! Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, in more ways than one. Um, uh, wah, wah. No, so I really like the contrast where you can definitely tell that Monica, uh, not Monica, that Brittany is both Gaga Ruru and the uh, the manager, and she is clearly not paid enough by Ryoma. Oh my god! No, not no. I don't think she gets paid by Ryoma. She's not paid enough by a B, B project, B project, or what the fuck B-dash. it's called. B dash. B project. B dash. B dash. B dash. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Truly, Ryu Ryuzaki is just a front for Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, <laughs> God damn it. But you, I like that you could tell that it's the same person playing them, but they both have their own distinct way of speaking, and even uh, in the show. This is a show that has a lot of double casts. I don't really mind a lot of them. Um, I think Brittany did a really good job in both of her roles. Uh, John Swayze. At, is, is it Jay Hickman or John Swayze? John Swayze. I forgot. John okay, Swayze. Cool. John Swayze as uh, Saya is really good because it sounded uh, youthful and yet still older. Like, I have a thing a lot of times where, yes, you know that uh, Izumi is 18 years old, but you don't really know how old the parents are, and even though he's got, you know, uh, even though he can take, uh, he takes some, uh, he can get his 
sorry. Even though he takes Nagisa on mustache rides. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry! Those two are totally in love with each other. They are totally still begging. They are adorable. Uh, I love it, though. They're adorable, and I love them. But I like that he makes him sound older, but not old man. Right. And that's a thing yes. that I think some people forget when they're playing parents. Mm-hmm. Is take like the way that his body is, he doesn't sound too gruff, but he doesn't sound too high pitched. He strikes that really good balance of dad, and I think he really works well because it's like obviously he's not only like I think like Shogo's dad and Izumi's dad, he's kind of a dad to Ray. Ray's like his yep, adopted yep. child. Yes, he is. Um and I think that he has this way of speaking to them where he has full faith in what his kids need to do. And you hear that and you also hear this mischievous side that obviously is like, my wife is still smoking hot. Um, but I, I definitely have to agree that this is a show that I think would shut up a lot of people who say Monica Rial can only do one, the cutesy little girl voice, because she gets to do both in one show, and that's a real rarity. And I don't mean because, oh, in one thing she's playing a little kid, and then she's playing that character older. Obviously, when you're playing, and obviously there is, what Gigi said, the metaphorical uh, bond between um, Lauraruru being his mother, and and stuff in that that figure in his life because they make it very clear through a lot of the show that uh, Izumi is his mother's son. That he may have his father's eyes, but his his talents and his expressivity and his emotionality is stuff that's attributed to his mother and her talents. And that's why he um, he's so good. He's such a natural at acting. Um just the the fact that Monica gets to do that cutesy magical girl cartoon voice but at the same time plays a mother who is youthful and still very much at the height of her life like she this lady is like fuck yeah life hell yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i might be married but i'm gonna mac on Ryomi Ichijo <laughs> Damn straight. I'm gonna mack on my son's boyfriend. I mean, it's like when I take my mom to go see Marvel movies. She just wants to wash clothes on Chris Hemsworth's abs. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I can see it, because, like... Then again, who wouldn't? Well, I mean, when the Twilight phase happened when I was younger, my mom wanted, like, Jacob so fucking bad. (laughs) Oh, did you also have a Twilight phase? I thought I was the only one. No, everyone had a Twilight phase. phase. Alright, because we're all opening it up. Who was your best boy in Twilight, Gigi? Team Jacob all the way. Team Jacob all the way. Wow, was I the only one who wanted to fuck Jasper? Jasper was also hot. Jasper was like the best character next to Alice, okay? It's true. (laughs) And I don't mean the movies, I mean the books. Like true facts. Oh, oh! I well, if we're talking about the books, then we can't talk about Jacob because Jacob got weird. Yeah, Jacob got Jacob turned into a pedophile at the end. If we're talk, if we're talking about books, then I would have been on Team Edward. Okay, taking books, not movies. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for taking books, Team Edward. I would would say taking books. I would probably say. I would probably say Team Edward too on the book side. I'm surprised Gigi doesn't want to fuck Emmett. I don't He's remember. The was, guy. He was the guy. big burly guy who, at one point, they admitted like him and his uh, him and his wife having sex like tore down houses. 
I really don't remember that. I, rem- that I remember. Why do I remember vivid parts about Twilight books? It's fuck. This is going to be fucking embarrassing. Um, <laughs> this is clearly your guilty pleasure. We're now. laying it all on the ground here today, go. much like Rioma's clothes. <laughs> and Izumi's. Um, and Izumi's. But no, I just really think that Monica gets to, to, sh- to honestly show off. Like, she she gets to show off in this show, and it's kind of impressive. Like, fuck hate, fuck Monica haters. Go to the left. That's what I have to say. To the left. To the left. Everything you own in the box to the left. The box to the left. <laughs> um, I guess that's that my take. Huh? Let's go, Steph. Uh, yep. Bring it up the rear. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say? What does that say? Um. <laughs> I like big buttons. I, I cannot lie. lie. You other brothers can't deny. Oh. Brothers can't deny. When a girl walks when a in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, round thing in your face, you get wrong. That was a wolf noise, but it meant to be an elephant noise, and it came out wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna start with Brittany Karbowski because Brittany Karbowski is having so much fun. <laughs> like she, I'm gonna actually lump her and Monica kind of together for a good chunk of this conversation because. Even with the double casting, because there are times where, for me, du- when double casting happens, and it's for specifically like, integral integral characters, um, Bungo Stray Dogs comes to mind here. I usually am not- Hey, Erica Lindbeck. I'm usually not the biggest fan when it happens, but so long as you make it different and distinct enough, I'm okay with it. In the case of Brittany- <sighs> It's in the middle because Brittany is doing her Brittany thing. Really, the only difference between these two roles is one is a fucking spaz and the other one is just evil Brittany. It's really what it comes down to. But um, that doesn't mean to say that she's not having fun. She's having lots of fun with this. Um, in terms of Monica, very distinct and different. Obviously, you can tell it's Monica on both ends of this. But at the same time, you have Lala Lulu, who is... The magical girl, Peppy, like, this is your hopes and dreams. Don't give up on your hopes and dreams. And then you have the mom, who, again, is a goddamn MILF. <laughs> and is like, oh, you're of noble blood and all this fun stuff. And is kind of has a regal air to her. She, like, she believes in this quote-unquote nobility of hers. And it's actually really amusing. <laughs> and um, it's, for Monica, it's just, it's very much distinct enough for me to enjoy both sides of it and not get too like nitpicky with it. Brittany, even though the voice, the vocal range doesn't change, um, personality wise, it works just enough for it, for, for me to enjoy it. Uh, and then as for, cause, and then speaking of Monica, while we're at it, I, I actually do like, I do think that the casting was on purpose, Gigi. I have a suspicion. I mean, I looked on ANN just on the off chance, like, oh, is it the same say you for both these roles? It's not. Um, it's oh, not. Oh, okay. But considering how much of a labor of love this is for David Wald, I would not be surprised if this was done on purpose. Just because of the symbolism and what you were talking about with the mom and La La Lulu. I would not be surprised if this was done on purpose. Um... 
And hopefully one day we'll get to ask him if it was. But I digress. Um, but I really enjoy this, this the Monica's performance a lot. And I really do have to agree with what you guys are saying about John Swayze as the dad. Because John Swayze, we are very much used to as these older men, sometimes grandpas, and these kinds of roles and a very, very gruffer, more older tone of voice. This is not that character. Like, he's an older man, sure, but it's not to the point where it's old, strict old man voice. There is that youthful energy to it, and it's also, again, a rather regal-sounding voice coming from this whole no, like family of quote-unquote nobility, the showbiz family, because... It doesn't just start, it doesn't start with Izumi's parents. It actually goes back to their grandparents, too, we find out in the show as a little bit of expedition. Because um, I think it was the grandma was a dancer, and um, what was the grandpa? The grandpa, was he an actor, too? I believe it was. I think, I think so. Something I think like so. That. But um, it's very, I, I really love that performance and that tone of voice because... It's a tone of voice we don't get to hear John portray that often because he's normally typecasted as these older gentleman grandpa kind of characters. And I really, really like this casting and the performance that was portrayed in it. Um, because while Monica is like the energy, like has all of the energy um, and is like, oh, ho, 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 this kind of deal, mm -hmm. John kind of grounds her. It's a really good balance. He kind of grounds her a little bit and kind of dispelling all of her worries again i want to bring up that last scene that we have the two of them with where they're just talking about izumi and the mom's concerns and her fears and the dad's just like oh he'll be fine don't worry about it he'll be fine it's like well, they'll be fine now do you want to go upstairs for a few minutes <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> the milf and the dilf I know, gotta... they gotta they gotta do they gotta do the thing but um yeah, I, I enjoy both of these performances a lot, in all honesty. It's, it's, I, I, again, I would not be surprised if the Monica casting was done on purpose. Get, given the, uh, given, like, what we kind of know about this project in general. I wouldn't be surprised if it was on purpose. And with John Swayze as the dad, I really love it. It's definitely different. And I want him to play the, more of these regal dad characters. I really do. It would be so much fun. But, uh, yeah, I'm done. Woo! All right, let's oh my keep going, God, fam. These two. Let's keep going oh on, boy. on this crazy train. All right, fam, we're gonna go oh on boy. to one of two couples in the show. The secret couple, which I just the secret couple, the hidden, the hidden. Can boyfriends. I say something before you announce this? Yes. Fuck all y'all who gave high dive shit about this. What? A bunch of people got really mad that they said they called them just friends. Oh. But that spoils the whole spoil. Yeah, show, if fair, you know in advance. It, I get it. Yeah, no, like, and High Dive was like, no, look, we didn't do it because we're being, because people called them, like, disrespectful and shit. And they're like, no, we're not doing it at disrespect. And I think David Wald eventually had to step in and be like, no, they're doing it not to spoil but it. I was going to say, because really, really, right? if you've never seen the show before, it doesn't really become confirmed. Like half, it doesn't last... happen until the end. Yeah, it's not confirmed until, yeah, like, the like, the last very end. five minutes of the show. That oh they fucking. This is another. They this fucking is another fam. Oh they fucking. <laughs> they fucking. Just just the, discla the <laughs> Love disclaimer. Love stage. The disclaimer of this episode or like the hint of this episode is just gonna be the pro ZD. Oh they fucking. <laughs> <laughs>
in the next of the oh they fucking <laughs> couples we have shogo who is izumi's older brother with a onichan little complex. complex he's just little brother he's, complex he's, he's just gay gauch from fucking black clover <laughs> Yes, yes, gosh. That's an insult. No, that's a that's an insult. That's an insult to Shogo. Shogo has morals. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, Shogo Gosh just wants to murder yeah. Shogo is a who, good like, boy. Might be interested in his sister. Touch my angel, Marie. Maria, my, Fuck my sister, my angel sister. <laughs> Gigi, we need to get you to watch Black Clover, not because it's good, but because it's dumb as fuck. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh God, it's so stupidly Me. fun. And Brandon McGinnis plays like a guy who keeps hitting on everybody. I love him. Fenrir is oh, the perfect. best. Fenrir is the best. That's not how you say luck. Fuck you, Fenrir's the best. Oh, God. Fuck you, luck's the oh, best. God. Well, I have no idea what they're talking about. The other person we're going to talk about is Shogo's down-low boyfriend. Also, uh, one of the managers for Senna Productions, Mr. Ray Saga. He's also Izumi's other mom. Yes. Izumi's other mom slash dad slash uncle slash everything. So our good buddy Shogo Wish is played by Greg Cote, who you may also know him as Tanaka from Haikyuu. Sir Tanaka, sir! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mugi Awaya from Scum's Wish, which I will watch dubbed just for this. And also uh, Sugar... Sugar? <laughs> that was a typo. <laughs> Um, Dojima from Bloom Into You. His name is not Sugar, it's Suga, I think. I know it's not. No, 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 but I like, I the, I like the autocorrect on Su's, uh, on Ray's name, too, by the way. Yes, the autocorrect also put Ray as Red. <laughs> red. So, awesome, because I don't proofread things before I send them out. Um, it's played by our Rainbow Overlord, the director and writer himself, Mr. David Waltz, who has also played... Bula in Akame Ga Kill, the Dilf Whisperer himself, Victor von Granzreich from the Royal Tudor, and my favorite, the Fun Police, <laughs> Reiji from Diabolic Lovers. Oh, Rufy's bad. Rufy's mad. <laughs> He's a Fun Police in this show, too. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> When there's trouble, you call DW David Walt. Let's get gagerous. Oh <laughs> Mic drop. That's Thank great. you for that. All right. Oh, Jesus. Oh, there's so much to say about these characters. I guess I'll start while Gigi's dying over here. <laughs> I love David Walt so much. So I guess I'll talk about Shogo first because he's not in the show as much as Ray is. And I love you, Greg Cotton. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> You're so good. I love I, I love following him on Twitter too. I had a really funny exchange with uh Hardy had a really funny exchange about Scum's Wish with him at one point that I won't repeat on here because I want to save it for the Scum's Wish episode. Because I also own Scum's Wish, by the way. Uh, I bought it because yes. he was explicitly in that show and it was twenty bucks. Um, trash. So basically. I like that Shogo is very much, like, this is going to sound really weird, because I usually hate when people do this voice. Is I usually hate when people kind of do the dude bro voice. But Greg Cote carries it so well as Shogo, and it feels kind of natural. Like, I love Shogo, and you can tell, here's the thing, like, 
Shogo, I understand actually having like some sort of like weird dialect to him mm-hmm. because it's made explicitly clear that he did go to school outside of Japan. Yes. He has lived in other countries. Like, I understand that. It works. Uh, and I think the best part of Greg's delivery, this Greg Cote's delivery as Shogo, is how 100% invested he is in the whole aspect about how cute Izumi is. Yep. <laughs> I think one of my favorite moments in the show is when, uh, it is, I think it's an episode, like, eight or nine, when Izumi's having his debut, and they're doing, like, it, the episode is framed as if it is, like, an episode of this, like, TV drama show this going over the, the origins of actors. Of yeah. You know, where you get to see the casting Wait, couch. their own family um, just recording the shit to document it's Yeah, great. yeah. Where, where Ray tries to throw him under the bus. Yep. And then he gets thrown right and under the bus with him. And, and then he throws him back under the, right, he just you know, turns it around on him. But uh, he's just like, I mean, oh, guys, could you blame me? He's just so cute. And uh, I think one of my favorite lines in the show is, hey, man, if you're going to touch it, like, if you're going to touch touch my baby brother, you're going to have to beat me in single combat. Yes. <laughs> to Ryoma. It was like, the greatest. To Ryoma in, like, episode, the, end, the very end of episode two. And he's the one who kind of, He's kind of the one that fucks up the whole, like, Izumi is a guy thing because he just is, like, strips Izumi down and then lifts his skirt up and shows Ryoma his dick, like, his his own brother's dick. Yep. And he's just very casual. He's like, yeah, bro. He's like, yeah, bro. Like, I actually- Heard you through the door. (laughs) Open it up. Get on the floor. Everybody walk the dinosaur. (laughs) I don't know why. I I don't know. I'm not gonna lie that there's like an, an it, there's like an immaculate remix to that song in the Nozaki Kun opening. I've seen it's that. really good. It I good. listen to it a lot. Um, but I think that it works so well that he is so his performance and the way that he has Shogo speak is so casual, very open, very attached and cutesy, as opposed to Ray who has to do the count the ten method. To Count to ten, Ray! Ten! Ray also has some of my other favorite fucking lines in the show, which I have a couple of them in text message to them, because I was just, like, writing a couple of them down, and I'd like to- And David Wald's performance, like, at first you can- I kind of couldn't tell it was him, and then, like, the David Wald started slipping out. Yes. Um, yes. Like, when yep. he got angry- When he starts to get mad is when the David Wald slips yep. out. Um- Izumi down to fuck, right? Also down to fuck. Just at the end, it's like, I'm getting lonely at night, you should come over. And I'm just like, haha, double entendre. Um. Oh. Oh. Um. Okay. Also, one of. Because it revolves Ray, and I don't know who plays her, but the other managers in the house, one of them is Ian, and then there's the girl Tia. one. And at one point. Is it. Was it, it Tia? Tia. I, can, I could hear it. Okay. Uh, when Tia's manager girl, after Ray hasn't slept in, like, four days because Izumi's gone missing, he passes out, so Ian tries to lift him up and he can't, and the girl- and Tia- and Tia just lifts him the fuck up. And she goes, oh, Kosuke, you know you gotta lift up your legs! Yup! And, and then he's just like, he's just like, oh no! He's just like, what? And it's like, oh yeah, I used to be a weightlifter in college or in something. School, yeah. Um. And they're like, what? Okay, anyway. What?! Also one of also one of Greg Cote's other lines. Yeah, he's pretty, but he's kind of a douche. Yep. Also a good, <laughs> line. good line. 
Are you gonna reward me later? Get in there! Your little angel is gonna make my head explode! No! They're so good together! No, calm down, Ray! Do not strangle the boy! Oh my god. Um, your drawings look like a drunk druid in the dark with his left hand. Yep. Just, David Wald is... One of the other things I really like about Ray, and that... I know a lot of directors do cast themselves, uh in their own shows. I'm very, very happy that David Wald casted himself as the experienced gay in the show. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Because there are a couple times that were, like, hysterically awkward to listen to, where Izumi is trying to get the sex talk out of oh Ray. Oh my god, it's the greatest. Yes. <laughs> and Ray's just the first there, like, what am I, the first I, one what being, it's like, him? what is <laughs> No, one of the one of my favorite parts is just David Wall's like, yeah, no, it's not weird that you're like in love with a dude, and it's and Ray is it was like, I'm sorry, what do you like being held by men? Yeah, just nonchalantly. It's Obviously, fine. it's not. He's and straight then up. He just up straight up tells him, and David, the way that David Wall like performs, it's like it's like obviously this is like it's a big deal to Ray because Izumi has just been sexually assaulted, and he's trying to be sympathetic to him, but he's also trying to tell him, yeah, no, it's okay that you are attracted to a man. Or that you got turned on by a man in, like, you would potentially be turned on by men. To which Izumi asks, is it okay? Is it normal that men get turned on when you touch their nipples? And he's like, yes. And he's like, yes. And he's just like, yes. And then uh, the part where he's like, does it hurt? And he's like, well. Like, depends on the And I like how, like, (laughs) Sarsen and and their experience and their size, to which I'm pretty sure Shogo's hung. Um... Oh Jesus! I don't. I know that there's another. I know that the sister manga is about them, but I don't know which one's the top. Um, I'm hoping it's Ray, because Shogo is. No offense, Greg. Uh, Greg Kote. I'm pretty sure Shogo's too dumb to know which how to top. Oh my god. Um, oh god. That's great. No offense, Ray is morosexual. Shogo would ask what color the Pink Panther is. Um. Ah! Oh god. Whoa. <laughs> God, I love you. I love getting to use that joke every fucking time. Um, I've gotten to use that on the last two recordings I've been on. Um, no, and I, I just loved it. I, they're up there. They like the the main four characters being Izumi, Ryoma, uh, Ray, and Shogo are my favorite four performances of the show. They really carry it, and the, the and I I like the contrast in their voices too. That they are both a bit deeper compared to, uh, especially Izumi. Um, but they're even a little bit more deeper and more a little bit more mature than Ryoma's voice. Yep. Where obviously they are a little bit more experienced in the act of, you know... Stuff. Yeah, jackhammering. <laughs> Anyways, I'm done. I've taken too long. Um. <laughs> Alright, well let's talk about Shogo and how much he loved that body pillow when he was oh cuddling it on the couch in episode two, Ugh. which is my second favorite thing in the show. When he's like, Ooh, daddy. He's like, you like it rough. Don't you? Or some, something like that. I can't even remember what the lines are, but dear Jesus, go to episode two and watch when Shogo is cuddling that body pillow on the couch and turn your volume up because it is I, worth I need to do every that. moment. I didn't catch that. Oh God. It does it a little in the Japanese, but this like, it oh takes God, it further. Yes. So I was like, yes, my trash mind loved that. So I think Greg camps it up as Shogo just enough so that it's funny 
and not annoying because personally i found the japanese voice of shogo to be really annoying apparently that guy also sings the ending (coughs) what i think the japanese voice of shogo sings the show's ending does he i thought that was a girl no all right we're having our my own personal realma moment right at this i'm looking i'm looking it up so keep going great which is great because in my relationship i am also the rioma so i don't know what you want to make about that um like i think shogo has so many funny lines and greg hams it up just enough for it to be extremely funny like he has really good comedic timing just like with all the lines that he's given loved it um but also in the points where shogo is kind of menacing and like wanting to fight rioma I thought Greg did a really good job being like menacing and like being really angry, like more so than Ryoma ever did, which I'll get to in a minute. But in the Japanese, Ryoma is very angry and like kind of scary a lot. Um, now, Ray from the Dilf Whisperer himself comes in uh, basically another Dilf, another MILF, whatever you want to call Ray, because Ray is basically like Izumi's other parent or like his awesome uncle. Um, he's the parent everyone wishes they had, like very, like very doting parent. Um, but he can also kick your ass and he oh tells it like it is. Mm-hmm. The voice for Ray, like, is very smooth, is very like, like David Wald turned down a couple of notches, but then it gets really angry and he like wants to strangle someone and kind of, yes, and kind of ruthless, but it's all in a good way. There's a lot of screaming in this show, Mm -hmm. especially from Ray. And you know, I had a huge, I had a huge problem with uh, the My Love Story dub where I felt that Takeo was screaming at me all the time. Like, I felt that the levels to this screaming were really nice. Like, and it wasn't overpowering. It was, like, just enough to show that level of anger. And I thought that David Wald really showed his range here. Like, yes, he has a very sexy voice and he can do all these things with it. And then in other roles, he's, like, a really evil, evil mastermind and stuff like that. Um, But I felt here he was really able to show his range. And kind of, and I don't... I, I want to say this. This was kind of the role that he was born to play. Mm-hmm. I think personally, like I just feel that this was like, obviously he cast himself in it. Like it's so him. It just makes me really happy that he chose to go that direction instead of giving it to somebody else because love stage means a lot to him. So I'm glad that he took this role, which is kind of like one of the hearts and souls of love stage and made it definitely his own so i was very happy with it they're good boys i love them a lot they are very i am good done boys. very good boys i'm not crying rub, rub. <laughs> <laughs> so, so soft so soft rub, rub, rub. <laughs> um i guess i'll start with greg cote as um shogo because what's interesting is i haven't heard enough of greg cote yet I only remember really him distinctly in Haikyuu. <laughs> That's it. Um, I barely remember him as Dojima for Bloom Into You right now, actually. 
Because that character doesn't show up a lot, but I believe one of the best parts of the Bloom Into You dub is at one point, uh, they're, when they're talking about the school play, he's like, oh, this show has lesbians in it! Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's the guy who breaks the fourth wall. He's kind of the, the dumb dude bro against uh, Clip Nickum's, like, soft cinnamon oh, roll Oh, that's him! Play. Okay, I was like, wait. Yeah. Um, now I remember who Dojima is in Bloom Into You. Haha. <laughs> um... I'm not so I'm not at that versed right now with roles that Greg Cote has done, or performances, or him as an actor. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, that comes to mind, of course, would be Tanaka and Haikyuu, because uh, Tanaka is the best. That's not how you say Sugawara, but okay. Uh, <laughs> oh. I mean, fair. If okay, Tanaka is a very good boy. I also love Suga, but Bokuto though. Haven't gotten the book too. But Noya though. You haven't oh you guys haven't watched season two, that's right. Not yet. I have. I love Bokto. I know my I I, I know Andrew is. because he's me. Bokto Bokto's my favorite character in Haiku because he's just fucking me. Um <laughs> anyway. But um so for me, because I'm not that used to Greg Cote as an actor quite yet still, um, I need to fix this. Uh, it took me a little bit for him, for me to kind of adjust to his showgo, and at f- at first this is only like this is really just an adjustment thing for me. Like at first it didn't quite work to me, but like once you start letting him go for like five like for like an episode or two, and he goes into the little brother complex and then all this comedic stuff and just wanting to like. Th- throw freaking Ryom off a goddamn balcony, Mufasa his ass. Like, <laughs> circle of life, bitches. Um, my name is Shogo, is, uh, Shogo Senna. You touched my little brother. Prepare to die. Oh my Ooh, god. My name is <laughs> oh yeah. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> but, um, like, once the adjustment period happened for me with this performance, Greg Cote suddenly became, like, it really worked. He was both rambunctious, and because of the character him, like, the character and the character that Shogo is, dreamy at the same time, because that's Shogo in a nutshell, and it worked so well, and I loved every second of it. Um, I also love, because he was very, he was one of the very few people, if not the only person, who broke the fourth wall on several occasions. Yep. <laughs> And some of his, some of the dialogue he has is just phenomenal. And he works, he wor- he balances off and works very well with um, David Wald as Ray. Which, going into that, this is one of my favorite performances in the whole show. Yay! Like, he shows, he shows both maturity and a toughness, like a tough love kind of thing. Um, both as, like, a manager manager figure as well as a substitute parental figure for Izumi um, in his life. And it's very interesting. But also at the same time, <laughs> he's, he's also very doting and he's a very concerned individual. Like, when Izumi just straight up disappears for a couple of days, he, he, again, he gets, like, no sleep. He's just worried out of his mind. He's like, I, I did something awful. I'm going to have to report this to the police if I can't get in touch with him. What is wrong with him? I hope he's okay. He sends, like, over, like, 100 text messages and leaves, like, tw- like 20, 
the 30 calls, missed calls for Izumi once he finally turns his phone back on. And it's just, while it is very, very funny to see a kind of tropey character like this, the angry manager kind of role, it's also really refreshing because there is more complexity to Ray's character. Because we find out that he, basically, from what little we know in the show, in the show itself and through flashbacks, he essentially was some kind. He, let me I get, um, some kind of delinquent before being essentially adopted by the uh, by the Senna family uh, and brought on as a manager of sorts. And it's it's it brings more complexity and depth to the character and it doesn't leave it at a surface level which is great um for this and <laughs> i also love that he cast himself as the experienced gay in this show <laughs> because again some of the advice and dialogue he has with freaking izumi is just so brilliant and he's just so nonchalant about it but for sure like the, the, he's definitely one of my favorite performances in the show him and um, I think our next character we're going to talk about, actually, because uh, reasons, because this is how my life works. Um, mm -hmm. Back to digging mm -hmm. that hole again, aren't I? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, with these two individuals, while it took a little bit for me to adjust to it, I did enjoy Greg Cote by the end. He was he was so bombastic and so much fun. Um, and then Ray while he is the angry manager, um, there is a lot more complexity to it, and how David portrays it is just brilliantly done. I loved every second of it. Yay! Thank you, our Yay. rainbow overlord. <laughs> Woo! Throw that glitter on me. No, Boom. we don't need the glitter on right. Stop! <laughs> I want it. Don't take this away Dude, from he me. He just wants to be jizzed on by a unicorn. God. God damn it. <laughs> All right. You can cut so, that out. <laughs> so moving on, fam. Moving on up to Ryoma. My other favorite character. Who is? Of course it is because it's voiced by Adam Gibbs and Steph has a massive <gasps> crush on him. Wow, way just to reveal Ooh. it, by the way. Screw this noise. Let's go. Adam Gibbs, let's go. All right. <laughs> Adam Gibbs, you may also know him as Sugawara, a.k.a. Sugamama yeah. in Haikyuu, yeah. our, our favorite vampire who likes to go out in the hallway <laughs> and do dirty things to himself, Yuki, from Devil's Line, and my personal It wasn't a hallway, favorite. it was a stairwell. Whatever. <laughs> but he, in this show, he had to Get go in the hallway right. a couple times, too. We re remember this, right? He... My favorite, did, my favorite did. part of that whole thing when we showed the guys that was just Noah's very, very tiny is that Lucy Kirkin. Yes. It was so confused <laughs> because it broke him. <laughs> and my personal favorite, yes! Ruki, the purple haired dude whose name I could never remember, from Diabolic Lovers More Blood. Worst boy! Alright, alright, Steph, talk about your boyfriend. I'm gonna sit here and drink Steph those. has shitty taste in Diabolic Lover Boys! <laughs> no, I don't. You shut your horn mouth. Yes, you her, do! Her vanilla boys. Look, look here! So is Andrew look as vanilla here. as you Ruki? You also forgot Come I love on. Subaru. And Subaru's not vanilla. Also, oh, he's he's pretty bad. No, Subaru he's like a nasty angry person. <laughs> angry boy. So, Why is, so is your boyfriend love... vanilla or is he angry? Why doesn't anybody like Bryson Vegas? This guy, he's the best. Then, no, 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 he's no. He's my Hold favorite. On. He's more blood. Me a question. What happened? 
I said, so is your boyfriend the more vanilla boy or is he the angry one? I've seen the porn he posts. He is not vanilla. (laughs) Here, here, fam. We all thought we were dating good vanilla boys. Speak for, excuse me. And then we found the truth. Oh no, oh no. Your boyfriend and your boyfriend are very chocolate. Mine's the vanilla boy. Megan has out ice creamed us all. <laughs> because I'm the chocolate in the relationship. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm half tempted to legitimately hey, answer Gigi's question, but I'm just gonna bite my tongue. Anyway, Ryoma. <laughs> um, I've heard a lot of performances and roles that Adam Gibbs has done. Not this before. Um, it's not that the tone of voice is different. It's the tone of voice is Adam Gibbs. Like you can tell right off the bat. What's different to me with this is, um, obviously the kind of character that he's portraying in this situation. Cause, <clears throat> because Ryoma, Ryoma and Izumi have the two most complex stories and have the most development in the, in the series itself. For Ryoma on his end of it, it's, I've been in love with this girl for 10 years. I've been, like, pining away for her. I find out this is a guy. And, like, I, I like, that's... I'm not, I'm not gay. gay. I'm not but actually, gay. actually, I am. <laughs> I'm not gay. Fuck, I'm gay. <laughs> yes, in a nutshell. And um, he's just trying to win Izumi's... Not necessarily his heart to an extent, but his acceptance and like his his attention basically because Ryoma is very very jealous (laughs) he is jelly as all hell like the last couple of episodes where all of a sudden Izumi makes his debut and he becomes very popular all of a sudden and fans and other people in the industry are just like fawning over him and Ryoma just suddenly gets so jealous because he has to he thinks he has to fight all of these people for his affection. And he just drags him out. He's like, I just want to know if, if we're actually friends or if this is something that's real. And he just passes out because he's sick. But, um... <laughs> Ryoma is very, very, very complex. And what I really like as well with the performance and, um... Excuse me. Hiccups and burps at the same time. That's not cool. Um, what I also really like about the performance and to kind of take it into a serious tone for a bit... The whole thing with sexual assault. Um, <laughs> both Adam as well as Izumi's voice actor, they handled it very well. In terms of the um, aftermath of what happened, I really... Partially, it's mostly the show, but Adam portrays this very, very well. The regret that Ryoma has. Like, he feels like absolute garbage for what he did. Like, he originally only just went there to be like, okay, I need, like, proof once and for all, just, like, to burn the image into my mind. Izumi is a boy. I don't love boys. And then you find out, it's like, wait, I actually still love him. And he downright basically assaults him, and he feels like absolute garbage that he wants to make it up to Izumi. Like, topics like this and, and... moments like this they can be very very hard to handle um in the few times that i've seen 
a storyline like this, this is well handled, not only on the show's part, but by the direction and the voice acting for it. And because Maria is another good example, I think, of where it was handled very well. Maria the Virgin Witch. And, um, but in this case with Adam, the regret he feels, like, it's, it's taken more in a comedic tone because you see, like, the, like, his soul floating from his mouth and he's just like, uh. It's a comedic tone, yes. And they don't sugarcoat the assault itself. But given the context of the show and what it's going through, the performance, I think, it didn't go over the top with it. It didn't underplay it. It didn't go over the top and just downright make it this truly, truly shocking thing. It just played it as naturally as humanly possible. And that was the right tone and the right call for this show. Because it's a very, very complex and heavy subject matter um, that needs to be handled with care. And Adam Gibbs, because he's a phenomenal actor in and of himself, I think on his part with Ryoma handled it very, very well. Um, but in general, I really love the performance because there is the... There is that complexity. There is all the stuff that Ryoma is going through. Like, because he, he's he's holding back. He's holding back so much. He, if it were up to him, he would just, like, drag Izumi in the bed and just be done with it. Like, right off the bat. But he knows what he did is wrong. He's very self-aware of it. And just seeing the development and the character progression throughout this arc with him, I just think is downright phenomenal. So, um... If anything, this is my favorite performance of the show, for sure, um, because of that complexity. And he's also, to bring back the lightheartedness, he's also such a dork. <laughs> he's an adorable little dork, and it's the sweetest little thing. He's like, oh my god. No. The scene where he finishes helping Izumi with his manga, and he's trying to go out the door. <laughs> And he goes back and gets little Oh, kisses. yeah, that was cute. It was the cutest thing in the whole world. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so precious. I want to, like, hug Ryoma and be like, it's okay, baby. <laughs> it's okay, baby. You can steal all the kisses you want. It's fine. They'll be, they won't, they won't bug you. The work will be there in the morning. <laughs> it was so cute. And so, like, yeah, despite, despite the heavy storylines and the context and what, the character has to go through and develop. Ryoma's also such a dork. And it's so adorable. And I just love it to pieces. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces with Ryoma as a character, and Adam Gibbs, I think, portrays all of it very well. I'm done. I'm done talking about it. Can I go next? Yes. Okay, cool. <clears throat> like Steph, I think Adam Gibbs' Ryoma is my favorite overall performance of the show because the character does have to go through I think outside of Izumi, some of the most complex stuff in the show, and I guess I guess to to kind of sour the mood again is one of those things is that he does sexually assault somebody. Mm-hmm. There is no sugarcoating yeah. it. Ryoma sexually assaults yes. Izumi, and honestly, he actually does it twice in my mind. Yeah, he kind of does. Um, like even even yeah, even, even right. if Izumi he, is like kind of like go for it. No, 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 that's not the thing that I'm talking oh. about. No, the thing I'm talking about is technically he does it again when Izumi is asleep and, he, and he's right. kissing him. Okay, yep, technically yes. Technically yes. Oh. Um, which, you're supposed to, like, that's, like, one of, like, I think the show does a really good job talking about that aspect of it. Um, 
about sexual assault as a thing, but it's really hard to also, I think, as a uh, in the show, and this is a more of a critique of the show than the dub, that you're trying to have Ryoma work through. Well, yes and no that you're trying to have Ryoma work through this, but he's again uh, stealing kisses while Izumi cannot consent to that act. Right. Because Izumi is so tired that he's passed out. Right. You're you're right. Um. You're right. Um, I mean, and and the way that the way that Izumi sees that he sees it as cutesy, but they never bring it up. But when and and to Adam Gibbs's credit, he does make that part really cute because he makes he makes Ryoma very very like puppy dogish. And to the parts where um, Ryoma is being uh kind of dorky and oh my god I'm head over he- he's kind of going through the honeymoon phase I, I would say uh, with in regards to that like in terms of like insult- assaulting Izumi it would be considered assault by today's standards that's yeah, the key by today's right standards, there by it today's is assault. standards there. this is by today's standards yes. not yes. 2014 it's still wrong like, ba- like years ago it's, it's still, still be a- wrong like years ago it would be actually sweet and adorable but by today's standards now like like social standards like it wrong. is it is it is kind of sweet and adorable because it it's like is. oh Ryoma really Ryoma has feelings for Izumi but it's also just like it's it's a thing tonally yes. in the show like normally when characters do that and I guess it is kind of cute when they're already dating and that's something you mm-hmm. expect. But at that point, they hadn't been dating. One, they weren't dating. Two, um, Izumi himself didn't have feelings back for right. Ryoma at that point. So by by today's standards, he yes. wasn't reci- he wasn't by reciprocating. T- like this isn't me. Like don't call me in the comments. Call me an SJW. I'm just saying. Like this is just me talking about the themes of the show. But the one thing I really want to point out in. Um, I will agree that at one point I do think that Gigi is right that sometimes Adam isn't as threatening because when he when he he gets really mad at the end of episode two it's not as much threatening as it is kind of bratty. Well, yeah. Um, he does, however, get the threatening part when he's trying to fuck him on the couch. To to, to that to that though, like to to his credit, there with the whole bratty thing. The guy just found out that the girl, the so-called girl he's been crushing on for 10 years is actually a boy. Yeah. So I think, and honestly, that that direction choice, that, that choice in general, I think, for the performance is justified, in my opinion. Like, he doesn't have to be mean. He's just flustered. He's just flustered by finding this out and is like, wait, what? And he doesn't know what to do. He's trying to process it. So I personally, I think it's justified, but I, I kind of see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but the thing I'm, the thing I want to go for, and to me, I think the scene that really, really got me with, um, Adam's performance, number one is when he almost says fuck. Um, <laughs> that was the best. His dream. Oh my God. What the fuck? The and then it cuts. The elephant is the greatest. Elephant dream, the, pink, yes. the pink elephant dream. And he's just like, what the fuck? And one. it cuts off. No, but for me, the one scene is actually when Izumi is depressed. <gasps> yes. I know where you're going with this. And he says... And Izumi yep. is like, just do it. And he starts to, but Ryoma pulls back and is like, no, this isn't what you want. And this isn't really what he wants. And he leaves and he goes off and he's in the bathroom. And the way that Adam Gibbs just delivers the, you had the perfect opportunity to get what you want. Why didn't yep. you do it to himself? That was, because he knows that it's not the right thing mm-hmm. to do. 
And yep. Adam Gibbs nails yep. it. And he nails the parts at the end where he's like, do you love me or is this just a joke yep. to you? Um, oh, that fucking broke yep. me. He does such a good job. He does such a fantastic job. And I'm so used to Adam Gibbs playing a lot of emo boys. Surprise! <laughs> and and Ryoma's the least emo thing on the planet. Least e- least emo thing. Ryoma is a dork. <laughs> He's a cute Ryoma's dork. Ryoma's fu- such a fucking such a fucking he goober. Is. Uh, uh, but no, Adam, it, it, it was. Anyway, uh, I, I, like I said, I really enjoyed it. I think Steph got a lot of my points. Uh, I'm gonna covertly grab Steph by the mouth, drag her off so Gigi can have the stage. Come here, Steph, I've got a picture of Andrew shirtless. <laughs> Woohoo! No, I'm good. <laughs> Not tonight! Not tonight! <laughs> I gotta finish this, come on! Not today, Not Satan! Today. Satan, maybe later! Not today. Alright, friends. Well, here's my thing on Ryoma, and I want to point this out, just so people who are fans of shoujo like i am will get sort of a weird comparison to this the original japanese seiyuu for ryoma was nagi oh. from idolish 7 oh god doing a normal voice do it yes doing a much deeper <laughs> normal voice angrier voice like i say normal voice because look i love the shit out of i7 but nagi's voice drives me up a wall I, I love Nagi and I love his voice, but I know why you think it's annoying. But yes, doing a normal voice. It is, it is like so my if, one fear when that show, if that show ever gets stopped. Oh, God. I have one fear and it's Nagi's English voice if it ever happens. Well, just wrap your heads around that one while I talk about this. So like I said, the Jesus original Christ, Ryoma my voice. my magical stick. No! <laughs> that is one of the greatest lines in all of anime. Please go find that if you've never heard it in your life. Right. <laughs> um, oh, God. So OG Ryoma is a lot meaner. He is a lot meaner than the dubbed version of Ryoma. I don't know why that is. I think maybe the biggest thing that's different is that Adam Gibbs's voice has a higher tone to it. Yep. So he doesn't sound as mean. I never really got to the point of anger and to the point of like, because Ryoma gets mad at Shogo a lot. He gets mad at Izumi like in the beginning. I never really felt that he got to that point of Mm -hmm. anger that the Japanese version did. But at the same time, this is the most range I've heard from Adam Gibbs in a long time. Like he has to go from you're a cross-dressing pervert to what the f-? And then he goes at the end when he goes, mm-hmm. you're beautiful. Then I fucking it lose it so and cry sweet. by myself you were so on sweet. my couch. I wanted to just um, melt. I liked oh my girl God. crying me. I really liked the soft parts the best from him, along with the authenticity he has when he is apologizing. Like when he's apologizing to Izumi over and over and over again. I didn't feel like he was saying he was sorry just to say he was sorry. Like that's sort of what the Japanese version made me feel like they kept repeating it over and over. This I felt like he was legitimately sorry for the stuff that he did to Izumi and when he took Izumi to away from or what he didn't take Izumi away but like when Izumi came to his house and they were hiding from Ray and they went to apologize to Ray like I legitimately felt that he was sorry for all the bad Mm -hmm. shit that he did you know and that authenticity has to come from the performance and I felt that way more here than I did in all of the Japanese version 
um he played it really well this was a really a big stretch of adam gibbs's range and of his acting chops because of all the different transformations that Rioma has to go through I will say that the one thing that was kind of weird for me is when he was reading the texts to Izumi out loud when I think he turned into a valley girl for about four <laughs> minutes he started it's to sound so like cute. me I know because he said like a lot and I was like oh my god he's me this is like legitimately me texting my boyfriend right now and speaking of me texting my boyfriend I would like to read you a text that my boyfriend sent to me while while he was watching love stage I did not tell him to watch love stage he watched it on his own my boyfriend's going to watch it on his own too because I I I told him about the (laughs) twinkerbell line he's like that sounds like a my boyfriend's eventually gonna watch it too I guess so so um towards the end izumi calls ryoma and he says you're like my big brother and ryoma says i'm not your big brother and then my boyfriend says call me daddy (laughs) and i was like (laughs) i was like that should have been in and then i was like can i tweet that because i was like oh my god i think i'm i think i'm rubbing off on him a little too much fam Thank you. Thank you. My training is now on level two. Good job. Um, but n- I, I mean, I really like the authenticity that Adam Gibbs has. And this is probably one of my more favorite Adam Gibbs roles. So he did a good job here. I really he's a liked good boy. it. All right. He's a good boy. So we've gone through almost everybody in Love Stage. Let's talk about our boy, Mr. Izumi Sena. Um, Izumi is our main character and he has to find himself in more ways than one in this show. He makes me cry a lot. He is played by Mr. Greg Yay. Ayers, who has also who has also played um sorry, my brain just died for a second. Who's also played Nagisa in the Free series. He plays Azusa in Diabolic Lovers More Blood. The, the dude, dude that with burns the, knife. the bear who does and God's role- work and burns the bear. <laughs> God's God's yep. work and burns. Long live the king. <laughs> and the one role that I always associate Greg Ayers with, and I don't know why, he plays the blonde best friend. He plays Sunahara in Clanad, which I hate Clanad, but goddamn, Greg Ayers is the only person I remember in the Clanad dub. Um, I would like to go last talking about Izumi, okay. if that's okay. Do you want me to go so, first? Uh, I, I guess. Um, yeah, I'll go first. Oh, I thought you were telling me that I would go first. I'm like, okay. Well. I mean, I was the first one to get a boyfriend, so I guess I'll go ah! first. Um, oh my oh, god. Are we, going in, are we about to go wow. in order of who ended up with a we boyfriend? Are, we're about to go in order. Oh, no. oh here we go, fam. <laughs> also, also, bi comes before straight in the alphabet, so. You know um, what? True. Okay, like, please continue. <laughs> Steph's like, fuck up. Shut the fuck, fuck up, up, Megan. Megan. Um, <laughs> no, so I, when I when I heard it was going to be Greg Ayers, I was both like, yeah, 20, 2014 Megan probably would have picked Greg Ayers too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, it's 2014 all over again. But here's the thing. it It's fucking perfect. Um, it. It's it's the level of Greg Ayers' youthfulness with a little bit more maturity than when he's playing, like, high school characters. I mean, it's not like fucking Chrono and Chrono Crusade. And by Chrono and Chrono Crusade, all of you who've watched Chrono, Chrono Crusade's dub know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, 
if you haven't watched Chrono Crusade, I think you can get it for like dirt cheap on DVD for Funimation. Um, it's on the save label, so yeah. But yes, because that's how I have my copy of Chrono Crusade. Um, which I haven't actually finished Chrono Crusade. I've just watched like the first four episodes a bunch of times. Um, but that being said, I think the biggest thing that Greg nails is a lot of Izumi's very relatable panic in his life. Regardless if you're gay, straight, ace, pan, regardless of who you are as a person. Izumi as a character is a character who has one dream and thinks he knows what he wants and thinks he knows who he is, but he's another person. And there are times when Greg freaks out about magical girl shit like La La Lulu. Mm -hmm. Like when he gets the body pillow or when he gets uh, the drawing from Ryoma uh, that Ryoma got him from the author who also looks like Ray but with different hair. Um, I thought he was Ray's dad for a minute. Um, Daddy. <laughs> stop that. You, you, you stop that. You, you um, walked into that. You, st you stop that. Um, but no, it's just, it's it's a lot of what I think I like about Greg Ayers as an actor. Because there are a lot of times where I hear people who are like, Greg Ayers is the fucking worst. And I'm like, no, he's not. It's, it's, he's a per he's a gentleman with a distinct voice and he has a lot of heart. Um, I know that if you've ever met Greg in person or been to cons, he has a really soft spot in his heart for LGBT yes. kids. Yes, he's very sweet. And he's very sweet and very kind. And playing Izumi is something that I felt like I needed for five years ago when I was in college. <laughs> um, not because I was having the gay panic, but just just because it was very comforting because he he kind of really gets a lot of what Izumi's character is through his voice and his performance. He is, I think, one of, one of the standouts in this dub. Obviously, there are going to be people who never like it, and those people are wrong. Um, but it it's really hard to put into words what makes Greg's Izumi really, really good. And I think it's the passion, the heart, the emotionality that he gets across, especially in the moments where Izumi is being not only assaulted by Ryoma, but he gets almost sexually assaulted again at the yes. end of the series. Yes. And I think one of my favorite lines that he has is, um... Wait a minute, I don't need a man to save me. And he kicks the guy that in the balls. Oh, that was another wolf noise that was supposed to be an elephant. Just, when Izumi, he really, it's when Izumi has his moments of absolute clarity, I think is when Greg really shines the most. As well as when Izumi is in his absolute worst. So, I think it's an overall, like, stellar performance. Yay. Um, I have to agree with that because now, in, if this dub was created five years ago, sure, the first choice you would probably have for Izumi would be Greg Ayers. Sure. And coming into 2019 now, Greg Ayers might not be the first choice you would put as Izumi for some people. But... I am in full agreement that it works. Absolutely does. Izumi is such a dorky little nerd. It's so adorable. Like, <laughs> Greg portrays these otaku tendencies very, very well with Izumi. And it's just like, 
his hopes and dreams and he's he has such innocence a, such an innocence about him as Izumi and it's just really precious and I want to hug him I want to hug him and tell him it, everything is okay <laughs> um but Megan is right like what she was saying is the character development that he goes through like trying to figure out what he wants in life what he wants to do with his life it, he he goes from because a lot of his dreams aren't just tied to his sexuality yes. more or less his sexuality is kind of tied to yeah, his dreams really. right how, how you see it is because he, he's like i'm gonna be a manga author i'm not gonna go into the show business like my family is and then like he gets his taste of rejection goes into this depression and the one th person that kind of stands by him through all of that is Ryoma. And seeing Izumi, like, develop these feelings over time, whereas compared to Ryoma, Ryoma's liked Izumi for 10 years, has been pining away from him for 10 years. Um, Izumi, not so much, only because he hasn't really realized it. Because Izumi is this shut-in, he's this introvert, he doesn't really, he's not good with people and socializing all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, like, Izumi in of himself grows as a character, going from this introvert and then just deciding to take a stand, be his own person, and he's gonna, he's gonna do the thing that he's terrified of the most, which is going in the show business. And, and then you follow it along with this development of romance and romantic feelings towards another guy, because Izumi, for the most part... He doesn't reciprocate Ryoma's feelings until I think the last... Well, really, he doesn't, like, find, come to that actual conclusion conclusion of his actual feelings until the last episode. Like, it's, it's a lot of build-up for him, and the development that Greg has to go through uh, with the performance, I think, is just outright phenomenal. Like, some people would be like, it's 2019, you can't use someone else other than Greg, but I'm like, I can't see it any other way, honestly. I, I only I can really only see this performance working as Greg Ayers. Honestly. I'm done. Alright, fam. Um so like everyone else has already said, um when I heard Greg Ayers was gonna be Izumi, I was kind of concerned. Um, just because in my head because I think I'm used to Greg speaking in his normal tone of voice, like at conventions. I was like, is he going to sound too old? Like, because if Izumi sounds too old, this isn't going to work. I think I had forgotten since it's been a hot minute since I've listened to Greg Ayers speak mm -hmm. as a character in an English dub. That no, he can pull off sounding young very well. So yeah. my concern was completely unfounded. Oh, that's right. Because you didn't watch Gridman. Oh yeah, Gridman's nope. a because he's he he does he's phenomenal he's in Gridman too. In Gridman. No, is that the one that's based on Superhuman Samurai Cyber yes. Squad? Yes. Maybe I will watch that because I love it's good. Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Uh, it's really good. It's it'll also be make you yeah, cry your fucking eyes out at the end if you're me and depressed. Um, oh Christ! But no, he uh, um, he plays uh, Brandon McGinnis's best friend. Okay. Um. So again, like Adam Gibbs, this was such a showcase for Greg to show his range off. Um, there's a little moment in episode two when he gets the body pillow that he just does this cute little giggle. And I like died on the ground. I was like, that is can, the cutest thing I've ever seen. And then there are parts. The <laughs> yes, I was going to go. Oh my God, did I just squee? <laughs> and he did squee. 
And then he said, oh, my God, I'm in so Yell Yell. And I was like, this is my favorite oh, line in the show. It was so precious. It was. Ah, I know. He's a precious little precious. angel. Precious little angel. Um, he goes from cute giggles. He goes to crying. He goes to screaming. What? Mm-hmm. All the time. His voice had to transform and had to change along with Izumi's character. Like you guys said, he's a shunen otaku. So he's very quiet and very soft-spoken. Doesn't really want to do any of this. He's kind of whiny. He only wants to do stuff where it gets him Lala Lulu bribes. Or cake. Like, Yep. Or, or cake. That's kind of like me. Give me figures or give me cake and I'll do whatever you want. Note to anyone <laughs> listening to this. Um, so. <laughs> Itchy. So, I mean. <laughs> he already knows that if he gives me cake, I'll do anything. Nice. <laughs> Give him marshmallow heaven, Gigi. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So, like. I just feel that he went through this self-realization along with the character. And you could hear it in the voice. His voice kind of changes. You know, at the beginning, he talks about opening a door and thinking that this is the door that he has to walk through. And throughout the anime, it turns out it's really not Mm -hmm. that door. It's another door. He doesn't really know what he's doing, but this is the path that he's going to take. And you can tell that through the performance. He grows along with the character. Um, I listened to an interview again that David Wald did with Sentai and he said he felt it was very important that he cast um, one actually gay person in each of the two main gay couples. So he is the one with Ray and Shogo and Greg is the one with Izumi and Ryoma. And he said at first um, he was going to do it the other way around. But as you know, wait, only... he was going to be Izumi? No. Oh no, no he would have um... been, he would have been Ryoma. No, um, he was going to cast Ryoma as a gay actor. Ah. Yes. Um, But he came to the realization that with Izumi realizing who he is inside, like the only person who could authentically play that is somebody who has been through Mm. that himself. Oh, wow. So um, I'm paraphrasing this. There's an interview. Maybe we can link it in the down bar. It's on YouTube. If you want to listen to this in more detail. Um, but that really resonated with me. Um, I thought, you know, as easy me discovered as he was, um, it was great. I think when he was mean was the best. When Izumi was mean and like getting really angry at Ryoma dark for Izumi doing dumb shit. That was dark. Izumi's very great. And he also had very good comedic mm, timing absolutely. throughout everything. Um, and yeah, it really brings the message of love stage along not only for people who need it sexuality wise but for other reasons which I'm going to talk about in my final thoughts so let's move there and I would like to go last again so I guess we might as well go in the same order because as Megan says bi is before straight (laughs) in the alphabet (laughs) So, like I said at the beginning, uh, I had seen the sub of Love Stage back when it came out, but again, due to circumstances, I didn't have the best memories of it or very much sentimental attachment to it. So, I was more or less happy to see this get a dub, not because, oh, this is a show I like and I want to buy, but I didn't buy it because Sentai released it subbed only, but because I knew that, hey, this was a big wave of more LGBT stories getting dubbed, uh by sentai 
uh, hopefully other companies follow. I mean, there are, uh, like, like, obviously there have been other LGBT dubs that have been done before, but they were primarily Yuri or stealth mm-hmm. titles, I would think. Like, Yuri Kuma yeah. Rashi has a dub, Utena has a dub, not, not a good Citrus one, but has, it has one. Citrus has um, one, <laughs> What Gigi said were, the, the story of that, that Izumi's story is probably going to help somebody come out. Like, I'll be real, like, this show wasn't my- the thing that helped me realize who it was. Like, I, I've been very open to the fact that, like, the reason I realized I was bi was because Yuri on ice. Because of Yuri being a depressed, anxious boy with bi- who is bisexual as hell. Um, but the way that this dub was written and performed is very comforting, very invite- very, very inviting to people who aren't gay. People who aren't straight and people who aren't uh, necessarily the demographic that this show is intended for. Like, I don't give a shit if you're a straight white guy and you think that you're too good for this show. Shut the fuck up and watch mm-hmm. it, you little bitch. Um, <laughs> it's a good dub and it's a great dub. It's a it's a great dub with one big Australian flaw. Um, some just like I, I I do have to bring up that caveat that there is a there's a couple there's some bad accent work on this show. But adaptive script, main core cast, message and heart is all there. And that's what you the appeal of Love Stage is. Is you're there for its its heart. Mm-hmm. And David Wald laid out his heart and the show's heart for you to watch. And it came out great. Oh, that's so nice. It makes me want to cry. Please don't cry. Because <laughs> if you start crying, then I'll start crying. <laughs> it's like a period. We're all gonna get synced. Oh my god. We already we are. are. <laughs> Stop being gross, <laughs> Megan. Like I was saying, probably at the start of the, sh- at the of the episode, when I first watched the show five years ago, um, I was hesitant on it only because I'd never delved into the BL Yuri genre ever before in my life, and I was very had reservations because all of these preconceived notions about this genre. And Love Stage definitely changed my mindset and my opinion on the genre around um, and kind of paved the way for for me to give a shot to other shows that are like this in nature. Um, so now it being five years after the show originally aired and came out in Japan, seeing it again and considering how everything has changed, like times have changed, the community has changed, it's becoming much more accepting now. Um, of LGBTQ plus individuals and the community itself. It's very, very amazing to me to see this because I'm realizing this is actually the first LGBT related anime I've ever talked about on this show. I just realized Yay. that because I wasn't, I didn't do Ainu Kusabi. I wasn't on Bloom and To You. I wasn't on Citrus. Mm-hmm. This is the first one for me. Huh. Well deserved, I guess. <laughs> um, but this dub is such a labor of love because David Wall is the director. He knew, he absolutely knew what this show could mean and does mean to a lot of people. He absolutely knows. He absolutely understands. And seeing all of the attention and tender love and care that he gave to this show and it really, really shows with the direction, the writing, the casting, and the performances. 
excuse me, it absolutely shows. 100%. Are there flaws in the dub? Abso-fucking-lutely. Everything is, it's not perfect. Not the perfect dub. Mm-hmm. By any, by any means. But, given, given the circumstances, and given the show and what it does, what it is and what it does mean to the community, um, both the anime community as well as the LGBT community, it is a milestone for sure, seeing this show get dubbed after originally being dismissed altogether. And I really hope that this show, that others like bloom into you, I know Kusabi, um, Hitoriji made my hero, even s- one of y'all fucks better dub Saren Zomni. Like, even even shows like Citrus, when we, if we talk about Yuri shows like that. Dragon Maid. Well, well, kind of. Dragon Maid's not a confirmed Yuri, but Yuri Kumarashi. Yuri Kumarashi. Things like that. I hope it really... Like, it's becoming more prevalent that LGBT-related anime series are becoming a bigger a bigger need and a bigger demographic than what it, used, what it has been in years. So I really hope... That this is a this is a great step forward, and I really hope that it continues to trend this way because it these kinds of shows can mean something to a lot of people. I mean, just like just like Megan was saying that how Yuri and Ice meant a lot to her when she realized her sexuality. Like these kinds of shows will mean a lot to people in this community. So I really really hope that the trend continues and this is just a absolutely great dub um minus the one one um kangaroo in the room i guess is the right way to put oi 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 in the room in the room there it is the kanga in the room ozzy 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 oi 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 there's there my australian gg no oh, no gg got into the fosters no but but oh, yeah it's, it's, sorry it's Australian. Yeah, it's, it's a great dub. It, it, it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people, um, for sure. Anybody, anybody having a really bad craving for Outback Steakhouse right now? No. I really am. I, I really, really want, want a bloomin' onion. I just want some ice cream, actually. <laughs> Ooh, ice cream would also be good. All right, well, I'll keep mine hopefully short and sweet so we can all I'm go sorry, get ice cream and steak. I'm sorry I stood on steak. the soapbox. It's okay, because I'm about to take your place yeah, on the soapbox. Well, we all stood on the soapbox. I know. So I've been a big proponent of LGBT plus, LGBTQ plus, I can't help, help me. LGBTQ plus. I'm sorry. I apologize profusely. Um, anime, because I believe everybody needs to have their story told. I believe this in any kind of media there is, whether it be TV shows, movies, American made, internationally made, otherwise books, everybody needs to have their story told. Um, growing up, I have, and still do have a lot of gay friends. I, you know, I like to tease that I have my harem of gays. I have tons of gay boyfriends and lesbian girlfriends, and I love them all to pieces. And I think that maybe if there were more things in the media that helped that they could relate to that maybe they wouldn't have had as many issues growing up and coming to terms with their own sexualities as they had. And I think that dubbing anime, although we are a very small niche community, you know, it can help. It can really help people to have their stories Mm -hmm. told in any way possible. And I mean, I don't have outreach in anything like, television or movies 
But what I can do here is I can tweet about anime like this and I can do podcasts like this that will hopefully get more stories like this told so people will not want to hurt themselves when they're kids because they don't know what they are and, and how they're supposed to, you know, supposed to, in air quotes, live their lives um, so that people will know that it is okay to be who they are. Um, and that is why I love that this labor of love came to fruition. Um, like I had mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, I first watched this anime when I was starting my YouTube channel in 2014. And I was going through a huge transition personally, then like I had a new job, I had like purple hair, I was like, what the hell am I doing? I guess I'm gonna go into anime now because this is something that I've liked for a really long time. But I've always kept it under the rug because I thought people would think I was a huge nerd. And I know this is not the same thing, but I'm just telling you my little story very quickly. Um, you know, and I was just afraid to kind of be who I was. And what did I do? But I just shoved it in front of the entire internet and said, here I am. Take me or leave me. This is what I'm doing now. Um, and that was five years ago. And now I'm going through a transition also. Um, like I have a boyfriend who gives a shit, which is very still an, a weird concept for me. I'm going through a lot of other things right now that make, you know, trying to reinvent myself and trying to find myself again very prevalent and i think that is a message that can anyone can get out of this anime you know not just people who may be struggling with their sexualities but it has messages for everyone who's trying to find themselves or make some kind of transition in their lives i think it's very important and i think the dub of this was handled the way that everybody's stories should be handled, which is very importantly with love and with care, with funny times, with sad times, with poignant times, with dramatic times, with angry times. It kind of runs the gamut in a 10 episode BLM. Um, and I'm just really happy that it got dubbed and I'm really happy that it's getting um, thrust into the spotlight again because it really deserves yep. it especially out of all the BL and the yaoi out there that is really kind of hideous. And this is me as a fan saying this, like a lot of the messages in it are very poor messages. Friends, fans, and fam, if you liked what we've said, or if you maybe want to argue with us some, you can. All you have to do is watch the dub yourself and you can watch all of it except for the OVA yet on highdive.com um and do we still have that code as far as i know yes we do so we have a code if you would like to get a discount off your first month's subscription to high dive um, which is where you can watch all the sentai dubs if you put in the code dubtalk2018 yes. um, you can get a discount on your first month if you're a new subscriber um, but even if you're not go on high dive or go on vrv and watch it. Actually, the discount is also good for existing members as well. We've tested this. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, hooray. Hooray. Everybody gets free money. Free money from High Dive. Um, so please go watch it. Literally, I watch it four times in a week. So you can you can watch it. It is a and very quick watch. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. It is a very bingeable. You will cry while I cried a lot. Um, but you can definitely watch it as you will. Um, let's see what else. Uh, if you would like to learn more about Dub Talk and everything that Dub Talk is doing right now, please subscribe to us on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash 
DubTalk or follow us on Twitter at DubTalk Podcast or various other social media, which uh, we, you know, shit post a lot. I don't really know what everybody does anymore. <laughs> I shit post a lot. I mean, I mean, <laughs> speaking of following the YouTube channel, if you're not subscribed already, you probably should do that. And then you should come back to the channel on Friday. Yes, I was going to get to that at the end. We're not done talking about Love Stage, fam. We're not? Ugh. There's... Gasp. No, there's more Love Stage to be had. And you'll be getting a bonus episode of Dub Talk with more Love Stage stuff coming on Friday, your normal bat time, your normal bat channel. <laughs> and, bat and time this, and bat channel? Yeah, same bat time, same bat channel. Oh my god, are we Never beating up Noah with a bat? <laughs> no, it's like Batman! <laughs> You guys, fuck you guys. I've never seen fucking Batman. I've seen Batman. I'm being an asshole. (laughs) I forgot that. I'm not Andrew. I know my pop culture references. (laughs) Noah doesn't know his either. No, 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 no. Um, No, Gigi, did you not? We're going to tell you the story about Little Rascals versus Sandlot later, all right? Oh, my God. You've got to be joking. I'm not kidding you. He really didn't know the difference between the two of them, Andrew. Oh, holy shit. (laughs) I know, know, right? Andrew, I love you, but what the fuck? Andrew's a fetus. (laughs) I don't care what fetus you are. You know the fucking difference between your killing it smalls and fucking alfalfa. God damn it. God, that's like the angriest I think I've ever heard Gigi get about something. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love the sandlot. Fuck my life. You're Um, killing me, smalls! You're killing me, When you see Andrew, it's like whenever Andrew does something stupid now, I'm yelling at him. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god please guys but listen to me you want to come back on friday do it you want to come on friday do it friday do it. friday everybody's coming on friday promise you won't regret it you won't regret this you want to come back on friday and listen to the three of us talk some more about love stage it's gonna be great yes. come back on friday do it so, if you want to hear us talk about shit in the meantime, you can follow us all on social media. Um, you can follow me at Anime Palooza on Twitter and YouTube, where I post about Udapri. And I did get f- several Udapri references in this episode, so I think my job is done. Um, so Udapri. You can follow Udapri. So Udapri. 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 You can. Udapri. Udapri. We're almost done. Come on. You can follow Megan at, at Queenira2. What do you post, Megan? Shit post. She said that earlier. She posts about Black Clover. <laughs> Cause I, yeah, because I keep... I stand one bird. His name is Nero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nero is best. Me, 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 like, a month ago. Black Clover's fucking stupid. Me now. I'd fucking die for this bird. <laughs> Please watch Black Clover. Is that what that bird is? Except, unless you're Jet, who fucking hates it. <laughs> I didn't know that was what the bird was from. That's Jesus what the bird. No, like we're gonna show you some parts of Black Clover. Black. Okay, like Black Clover is the the dumbest show I watch. So, and I say that with love. Oh my god. Oh god. That's and you can follow. It's the Udapri of Shonen. That's how dumb it is. <laughs> Oh my god. You can follow Stephanie at Lilac Anime Review. Review being spelled R E V U E. And I She has a blog and stuff. I do I do things too. I do have a blog I haven't updated in months. It's um I need to fix that though. It's life and times otaku.wordpress.com where I just post a bunch of random shit. Just like everyday life I post random shit. But we're going to stop rambling about Love Stage for now and we'll be back to ramble more about it on Friday. Trust us. 
you want to listen on Friday. I don't know yes. how much more I can bang this into your heads right now. Make your jokes. <laughs> bang just, it just into their come, head come like back. Ryoma banged his cock into Izumi. All right, then. Um, and on that note. On that <laughs> note, it has been fun, fam. We will see you on Friday. And uh, that's all we got for tonight. Love your faces. Good night, Otaku on everybody. <laughs> Pink elephants. God damn it. <laughs> Sono tabi